Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of Circuit 42. I am Ian McIntosh. I am here with my co-host, Cam, apparently. And, of course, Michael the Batman Hello. Martinez. What's that? <laughs> so, we are here with the newest episode of Circuit 42, where we are going to talk about Black History Month and its impact in, in geekdom, especially within the comic book field. So, yes. who wants to take it away? Well, 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 well. Michael, you sounded like you made some noises. Uh, yeah, I did make some noises. Um, you know, I was really uh, excited to come up with something that we, you know, we could do for Black History Month. I know uh, last year we were uh, really good about posting and, uh, you know, throwing out all these black uh, comic book creators who had such a big influence. And actually, as we were mm -hmm. doing that, it was really helpful for me because there was a lot of uh, comic book creators that I didn't even know were black, mm -hmm. like uh, like Dexter Vines, for one. Uh, like I was, I've always been like a huge fan of his work, especially when he was working with uh, Ed McGinnis. He always does uh, mm -hmm. such amazing work, and I didn't even know about Christopher Priest. Um uh mm -hmm. Dwayne McDuffie, I didn't even know. Yup, 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 yup. You making me happy? Making me happy? Yeah. <laughs> so I remember. Yeah, that was, no, 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 no. I'm serious. Keep going, because it's like this, this, this. It makes it get. It makes me happy. It makes me shiver. Just, just name yeah. drop. Name drop. Name drop from last year for those people who didn't pay. Who, who were not, you know, who did not like our Facebook page. Like our Facebook page, people. Circuit 42, go find it. Like it. Join other, like, 16,000 people. Anyway. we got to talk about Matt. Go Matt. find it. What? I was going to say, we, have to talk, we definitely have to talk about Matt Baker, who is an oddly unsung comic creator, when he was actually one of the first black comic creators of all time. And unfortunately, he he passed very young, but... um. Yeah. Um, he was a also he was a well he was a well known pinup artist in comics and he co created the character Phantom Lady. Mm -hmm. And sadly, like a lot of people, like a lot of people believed later on that he may have been uh, gay or bisexual, and that was a big part of his life that he kept hidden. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I that was basically um so there there's a couple of uh um I yeah. Uh, People in the uh, Phoenix, uh, um, you know, geekdom, let's say, who go to Comic Con mm -hmm. every every year, and I recently uh, I, I see him every every time. And there's a photographer, uh, and he, he yes! recently became Facebook friends with him, and so he posted something about it, saying that you know I, I don't want to hear anybody disrespecting uh, Matt Baker, and uh, mm -hmm. and for whatever reason. There, uh, people mm -hmm. seem to think that that was like a gauntlet throw down. Like, oh, we need to go ahead and do it, just because that's how we are now. But I, I, I typed up this little thing, um, just basically like, uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it doesn't, it didn't make sense. To, it wouldn't make sense to me back then, and it definitely doesn't make sense to me now that people can can be that way about anybody. If like, if you're a fan of, of comic books, then you have to have mm -hmm. some level of, of empathy for the, the people who are, you know, on the out in you know, the outliers of, of society, because that's what it's about. It's about the people who are on, on the edge of society becoming powerful and, and, you know, living their life the way that they were meant to and becoming their, the best version of themselves. 
And so mm-hmm. to, to have people mm-hmm. who say that they're a fan of comic books and say they're a fan of superheroes and simultaneously, you know, bash the people who are still, you know, struggling for their 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 seat at the table, it just doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. And mm-hmm. when people people talk about like not uh I guess I, I, I we kind of got into this a little bit one time when uh, we were talking about um, like uh, the kind of fans that we want to be and the fans that we want in in, mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. geekdom. And mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. that's the kind of okay gatekeeping <laughs> is to say you don't get to be that kind of douche. You don't get to be that kind of you know uh, ass, and then still say Oof. that you're. You're Oof. for, you know, for for Captain America. You're for Superman. You don't get to say that, and then say that you know you're anti-immigrant or you're anti-gay that or anti-black or anything like that. That's just. I mean, let's bring up. Mm, doesn't make sense. You know what? Yo, let me chime in on here real quick because I just I I, I I I'm not gonna say a lot on it. I'm just gonna say something just real uh, brief on that. It's that is in terms of in terms of our introduction, right? is that that's what makes this conversation so important is because it's like, you know, here in 2020, we still got people like being like purists to to a sense, uh, like this purist idea of what comics are like. And um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this to our, to our loyal audience here. Um, our fearless leader, uh, Ian asked me to introduce the show and I was like, I don't even, I can't, I don't have confidence in how we introduce people or, or ourselves. And so, um, but what I'd love to say though, now I've had some time to think about it is the fact that why this is important to conversation in 2020 is because with that sense of purity in terms of how we set, decide to say, we're going to come at comics this is where I say for introductions, a lot of comic historians just skip over these aspects and these parts. Like, um, you know, when you think about Matt Baker, you got to also think about the fact that there were like black comic strips that were in black newspapers. Cause shit used to be segregated like that. And a lot of, and like we have, it's like, it's like a dual timeline. Okay. Nerds, listen to me. I'm I'm one of you. There's simultaneous timelines that are going on. And it's this is a chance to tell those narratives. And, you know, just as they were romance comics, you know, um, in the 50s, there were also black romance comics in the 50s. Um, But you just don't really hear them talked about because when you look at comic historians, they it's this culture of purity that we only are going to talk about action comics, you know, like, and it's the same fucking story too. And it's not that it's a bad story either. You know, Bill Finger is an amazing human being. Right. But like, there's other stories. And so this brief conversation, don't write an entire history or a paper on this. You cannot cite, maybe you can cite us in APA format, but we're not, we're not experts. We just people that know a lot. And um, I'll just say that it's a great conversation to have. And so thank you, Matthew. Uh, no, not Matthew. I'm sorry, Michael. I, what? I don't know. No, my, Matthew's my boyfriend's wow. name. It's new. It's a new <laughs> thing. I'm trying to learn a specific male human's name because he has emotional significance to me, as I'm told. 
His name is Matthew. I cannot tell, I cannot call every single significant male human Matthew. That's not their name. You know, significant male human is not Matthew. That's just one person. It's not a title for all significant male humans. I'm learning. I'm learning this human thing uh, in relationships. It's been a while. That well, has nothing you, to do with might, our podcast. You might have, you might have <laughs> Matthew on the brain because we're talking about Matt Baker. People in this. Thank also. you. People in this. Thank heart. you for reasonable, reasonable transition. So, so thank you, Michael. Yes. Martinez, thank you, oh, Michael God. Martinez, um, for bringing up Matt Baker because, um, as I said before, it, when we we're not going to go into all, I mean shit, we can for because we all have what we want to talk about um, on the podcast. We're not going to be here forever, but um, that just kind of gives a floor for it. So I just say, you know, you know, here we go. I'm going to just tell people right now so we can get it out the way so we can talk about stuff that we all want to talk about and hear about. Um, there's a book. And I'm going to just say right now it exists uh, for those people who want to flex. If you really want to flex your comic book knowledge, allow me to give you one book and you can start there and you can go on from there. There is a book. It is called Black Politics, sorry, Black Comics, colon, Politics of Race and Representation. Just Google the book. You don't even have to read it. If you want to purchase it, that's amazing. But you could Google the book, find out more about it, and just read excerpts. I'm sure it'll take you like five minutes. And you can flex just some information and knowledge that might open you up a little bit like it did, Michael. It's an I, a Will Eisner Award winner. So I'm just saying, like, literally, the... The the book is the book is like and I'm I'm gonna just take this quote I'm gonna take a quote from where oh I'm taking a quote from the interdisciplinary comic studies website oh my goodness by Francesca Lynn oh my goodness this is I'm gonna take this quote from here it's just to say it's an ambitious work that covers a wide range of critical perspectives on the diverse comic contributions of Black comic creators there you go. And it includes this, uh, depictions and experiences in black in different media, including comic strips, political cartoons, manga, and graphic novels. So there you go. I won't say any more about it. That's the book. We can. We don't have to talk all about that part. But like, it's it's a flex. It is a it's a massive flex when you can talk. Just like people can talk about manga that's made in France or like. We had Diodato on and him talking about comics that were now out of, you know, coming out of worldwide perspectives. It doesn't hurt. But purity speaking, if you only stick to comics purity and this American purism when it comes to what comics are and they stand for, then you are going to only perpetuate the fact that's all we care about. And so. That's another part of that book is just understanding and not feeling bad about it. And there's no one's fault. Like, I'm not mad at, like, comic historians. I'm inspired because that's a massive place people could make money if they just wrote more about it because no one else is. And it's not standard. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it really isn't. So I, I'm off. I'm off of Soapbox. So... <laughs> But th- thank you for, for leading us here. I don't know if anyone's here. still listening. <laughs> Ian. So, Ian, I'm sure you had like something that you wanted to transition I've, to. Before. And then I had to tell my. I had to, <laughs> yeah, Ian. First off, and go ahead. Um, I'm sorry, Ian, but thank you. It's all right. 
Um, you need you, there's a YouTuber you need to look up. Name his um, channel is called Comics Explained, and he has another channel called Rob Explained. <gasps> Rob. Yes, and he is basically the comic book Neil deGrasse Tyson. I feel like that's a good comparison. Dude, I'm so mad. He got a girlfriend now, and she's and she's and she's amazing. But I I'm mad. Go ahead. You have a boyfriend now. Rob is. I I've listened to hours of Rob speaking Rob is, to wow. me Rob is about so much. He's a yes. Go watch Comics Explained. Definitely watch Comics Explained because he literally gives he gives great summations. Like he. He's done. Oh my gosh! And he does. And he just he just releases this stuff all the There's fucking time. There's a video I like by him where he talks about the Marvel universe, but he doesn't talk about it like talk about this history of Marvel. He talks about it as if it's actually a real universe and the creation of it from the very beginning all the way till now. And he basically does it like a scientific documentary on the universe itself. Wait, are you saying that uh, some people get get like basically paid for that? Pretty much, yeah. yeah, that's wow. what I'm saying. Yeah, Rob, like, what's it called? <laughs> One of my favorites that he's done. I would have to say, when he went, he explained the entire Infinity Gauntlet arc. I want to was no, was that it? No, it wasn't that. It was um, no, it was because my nephew, not my nephew, my nephew, my oldest nibbling. There we go, because that's when you have a non-gendered person that your sister gives birth to, that's called a nibbling, because you have a sibling. What? So, yeah, so nephew, niece, if you don't know the sex of the human, it's called a nibbling, or the generic term is called a nibbling. So you have sister, brother, sibling, niece, nephew, nibbling. Um, anyway, so look, I'm just telling you. Anyway. He had asked me something about something, and I was like, I don't know. And, like, because he's, like, 13, and, and he, he has more time on his hands to read more comics. Like, it's hard for me to keep up as a 37-year-old. But he asked me some questions, and I, and I remember I about something. And, I like, I he had asked me, and I watched something on that Robin did. And I got freaked out, like, in the middle of it. Like, it was, like, two hours later, because Rob will do, like, he'll do small explains in parts. So it's really, it's called Comics Explained. He'll he'll do it in small in parts as well. But sometimes he'll just do these massive, just. Two-hour videos. He'll explain in full arcs. Yeah. yeah two-hour videos, sometimes five-hour videos. Like, his Batman. Ooh, dude. Oh! I, I, that's I, what it was. I meant to say this. It was. His, Batman, Batman and the Rings. The, yeah, that's what it the was. The one video by him that he did where I was like, this is not great, was his Generation X video. Because he like, he knows his X-Men. Like, he clearly knows his X-Men. And I remember the one thing that bothered me was that he was like, yeah, I don't really know who this Gateway character is. And I'm like, you've read Claremont's X-Men. And he was reading Generation X and he just assumed it was a new character. And I'm like, that was the one moment where I'm like, if you if you weren't who you were, I wouldn't be pissed off at you right now. But everybody gets one. Well, yeah, and he does so much content. I know. He does so much fucking other content. Other than that, every video oh he's done gosh. has been amazing. Hey, oh, man. and by the way, it has nothing to do with this. I know Ian did not mention this for this reason, but here's a little gold star. That is 
a modern black comic content creator. Yep. Because we can talk about because I mean that's something like because you got like Andre the Black Nerd, you have you have like Rob of Comics Explained. Hold on, everything wrong with CinemaSins? This isn't even comic related, but oh yes, actually I will talk about this. Everything wrong with uh, everything wrong with CinemaSins, right? In terms of con- uh, YouTube content creation, that channel just hit um, a thousand. Like this actually happened like a couple days ago. He just hit a thousand subscribers. Um, and he got so pissed off with Venom because he is a very deep Venom oh, fan. Venom is crap. I, yeah. Yeah. He, oh, he hates it. Like, he hates it to his core, and I feel it when he talks about it. <laughs> so, like, he, he feels it to his actual core um but he is a comic inspired creator um and it and it informs um his content creation so like i'm also a black man because he he's really hot um rob is okay looking but i'm more i'm i'm more attracted fact of his breadth of knowledge i've had a huge crush on rob forever Rob, you have a boyfriend, but man. Dude that does everything. Rob, Rob, well, Rob, well, let's be honest. Look, Rob has a. This is private. Let's be honest. Rob has a wizard voice, so you can do a lot. You can go far with a wizard voice. They both have incredible voices too. But no, I, no, Rob though. Reason why I say I got like no, his girlfriend is amazing. So I can't say nothing bad about him, about her, about the fact that yes, I have a boyfriend, Michael. I know, Mister Married Man, to the, to a beautiful black woman. As I always, I say at least once a podcast, I have to talk about how beautiful your cosplaying wife is. It's gorgeous, and she does my hair amazingly, and that was the only time. It, anyway, so with Comics Explained, <laughs> Rob's, in the rooms. Look, Rob, Rob's knowledge of comics was, like, humbling, was humbling. And I became appreciative of his channel and his information well before I ever saw his face. And then I found out he was a black man, and then I... And like, you know, I have responses to that as a black woman. And I was like, (gasps) and, you know, but he has a he has a girlfriend now and I respect her. But like, that doesn't change the response I have. I just don't do that in front of her. And if she listens to this, then I'm good for you, girl. Keep it up. Keep it up. We are totally going to tweet this. um, Well, we are totally going to tweet this to Comics Explain when we're done. Yeah. Great. So this no, is going to be our most listened to podcast, where where Cam just completely just rants over all these other guys who are not her boyfriend. Yep. No, we're talking about comic black comic book creators. This includes artists, writers, and content creators. This is relevant. So here's a question: My boyfriend does science. Is it more or so, less weird that my two biggest crushes are actually fictional, and that's Monica Rambo and Storm? Oh, okay. So we're gonna switch to characters, complex characters. All right, we can do this. All right, switching. Um, oh, yeah. oh, oh, by the way, by the way, I can I can segue this. I can segue this. Do it. So oh. when Ian brought up Gateway, I was like, is he talking about Manifold? But the reason why it connected because I remember specifically when Jonathan Hickman was doing his Avengers run and he brought in Manifold when it got like super crazy. They were expanding the Avengers hardcore, and I remember there was two. Uh, essentially, uh, uh, like uh, they were uh, in the Australian outback, and uh, they were trying I to like, pick the up new, new members and stuff. And they, I remember they have like 
similar like uh, powers, and uh, it was very neat the the way that they brought him in. They expanded that that universe. But if we were going to talk about like comic book characters, I would definitely say he's one of the more like underrated ones because um, it would be it would have been so so easy for Jonathan Hickman just to go and say you know if oh if we're trying to bring in. Uh, uh, teleporter. Uh, let's just let's just use cloak. But they didn't, and they brought in a manifold, and they touched on uh, gateway a little bit. Did that little, you know, uh, that little, uh, you know, side appearance. But uh, that, I thought that was really cool. And um, so if we're, we're going to talk, which is funny because characters were underrated. We should definitely do that. Because which is funny because you poop on. You I mean, poop we, on we can talk about it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And you, which is funny, Michael, because you poop on Hickman's Avengers. It's pretty be sad. I, what? No, I poop on Bendis's Avengers, which is also not bad. But you hate Bendis, which I understand. I don't hate Bendis. I I like <laughs> Bendis on Daredevil. I love Bendis on Ultimate Spider-Man, but his Avengers is just it lacking. I, it does lack later. Initially, like, look at the difference between Bendis's Avengers. Jeff John's Avengers, Hickman's Avengers, Aaron's Avengers. Okay, I mean, it's it's at the bottom, man. Hickman's is at the Hickman's is at the top. He's now or number he's tied with Kurt Busaic. But that's not important right now. What is important is Monica Rambo. So we're gonna go. You're talking about Storm. You said Storm. I'm I'm still hanging on some Storm now. So what you gonna say Storm, about Storm? About some of your favorite characters. So Storm is my is Storm and Kitty Pride. Funny enough, are my two favorite X Men characters of all time. And okay, the thing I love about Storm is that most people forget that Storm, mm-hmm. despite the fact that Storm is a goddess and she is, um, people forget that she's actually not from Africa. She's actually from New York. And her family went to went to went to Africa. Uh, that's how she ended up in Cairo. But I always thought that was really interesting about her character because people tend to forget that. And they just, Aurora Monroe. Yeah, and they just re- read her as mm-hmm. a African character. But it's like, no, she was from New York first, and they mm-hmm. really go into that, especially during Claremont's run, because Claremont loves Claremont loves Storm. We all know this. And um, I've always thought the character was really cool because from the very beginning. Um, she was nothing like any other character that was created for Marvel at that point. And she was, she was literally, quite literally a goddess. She was a nudist, which is something that you didn't see at all in mainstream comics. I mean, Claremont, Claremont in the 1970s introduced two characters who were clearly lesbians and got away with it because he just never mentioned it. But anyone reading that and paying attention knew. But um, Storm was Storm is one of my favorite characters of all time from the X Men, um, and I get so much hate because the one thing I didn't like regarding Storm was the marriage of Storm and Black Panther. And the reason for this is that their characters literally met once prior for an issue, and they talked, and they seemed vaguely attracted to each other. And she's had so many other relationships other than that that were more meaningful. And then when Reginald Hudlin, someone who I can go off about, starts writing the book, one of the first things he does is marry Storm and Black Panther, characters who've literally interacted once in their mm-hmm. entire lives. And for me, that kind of 
is something that I hate, and I want to get your I wanted to get your opinions on this. Where they literally took two characters because they were black, and they married them off. Um, I disagree with the premise. I really do. Um, just because it's like I don't think it was that deep, you know. Like I, I think it, it was. I don't know. I've seen weirder shit in comics. So like, just because you know two characters meet once and they get married, like that's not the weirdest thing I've seen in comics. So it's not. See, I'm just like, looking from a story. Um, like... So I mean, like, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, from I, a story I, writer's I perspective. Oh, you know what? Here, yeah, you start. You go first. Oh, because like, I mean, like, I mean, I have, a, I have, a, I have, a, I do have a complete take on it. But like, that, that's where I'll start off is to say that, like, did it bother me as a like? Just to answer the question, did it bother me? Because you said you hated it. I'm saying, did it bother me though? It didn't bother me at all. Like, I didn't see like it. I don't. I won't say it's, it was narratively a, a masterpiece. Because there's, I mean, there's all kinds of shit about the relationship that I was like, oh, really? We're doing this? Okay, cool. Like, the whole her having to prove her hair was hers. And, like, there was that whole side joke about, like, don't touch, you know, no, like, you know. Like, Wait, was that for the same run? The whole thing about black women's hair. Um, No, I'm just talking about the relationship in general. Like, I, like I'm, I'm talking about, like, just the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's, it, it's held up a lot, like, in terms of, like, this great iconic couple that, you know, because, you know, they're two, you know, basically black omegas of, of their own kind of universe for a time being. That's true. Um, like, it, so there's a lot of stuff behind that, but, um like there, there there's i can criticize it definitely like the, you know like that like i didn't like i'll tell you this much like it's not the same run but i'm just telling you like in that in the whole narrative like like that is what i was telling you about the whole thing where um i can't remember quite the context um but like the child was like it was something and it was like and ba- basically resulted in um because i'm trying to get wrap up here quickly because i gotta get to michael's response but like um, she, um, she's basically trying to talk about how, how all of her hair is hers. And what's problematic about that is that Storm has, in many iterations anyway, has long white. Well, in this particular one, she has long white straight hair. Her pulling at it like it's hers, it up it perpetuated this thing that's actually exists in black culture that shouldn't even exist. Whether or not your hair is yours has no fucking matter to your power as a person. And she gets flipping about that. And that's, that's not, I didn't like it. Cause I mean, it's just like, it showed me a side of sport dorm. That I'm just like, it's kind of basic. Why would she, why would she be this basic about it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they turned her kind of into a caricature of a black woman at certain times. So just the premise, so just go back to what you, were, you originally said, just the premise of them, these, you know, two characters who've met once and they get married or not, sorry, you know, that that's it after, you know, meeting once, like there's this entire quote unquote love story we're supposed to invest in after them meeting once. Um, like it's a comic book. That's kind of like, like I like, I, I didn't take it as that. Like that's, that, that wasn't, that's not the most 
most that's not that's not among my bigger criticisms with the with the narrative itself. You know, you so, know what I think anyway, it but is. Michael, sorry. I was just going to touch on oh, one. So oh. basically, I just wanted to throw this out here, uh, Ian. Uh, so the thing is, like, that, it didn't really bug me, and the reason why it didn't it didn't bug me at all is because I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. The, thing, the thing is, the thing is, uh, when I started reading comics, uh, one of the very first comic books that I ever got was Earth X, mm-hmm. and in Earth X which is like an alternate history. It's like the kingdom come of Marvel. Yeah, I know it. Uh, Black Panther and Storm are married. I forgot about that. But So, yeah, and there's this whole thing. Like, it's kind of funny. When you think uh, when you think about Kingdom Come and you think about Earth-X, there are aspects of it that modern comics have, like, dipped into, like, here and there. Like, uh, DC has done it, you know, obviously a little bit more blatantly, like when things... Uh, like when uh, they they brought in Kingdom Come Superman during uh, Jeff Johns' JSA run, but uh, when it comes to uh, uh, Earth X, they they definitely dabbled in that a little bit, a little bit more subtly, and I think that they're going to do that a little bit more um, with the uh, with the films as well. But that's a whole other thing. But yeah, part of the reason why it didn't really phase me as much is because I had seen it and I had seen um, you know uh, you know concept art that Alex Ross did. And he did the covers of, uh, you know, these, these beautiful covers and even like whole like side single issues, like uh, just dealing specifically with uh, T'Challa and, and his people trying to uh, trying to survive in this like kind of like apocalyptic scenario. And so I, I've, I've seen that like a bunch of times in alternate uh, reality. So to me, that relationship you know, and in a sense, like was already kind of there, like in the back of my mind, because that was one of the, the first comic books I ever read. So it, it wasn't really bugging me at the time, but I could definitely see how somebody who was more invested, like in the in the mainstream, and was more familiar with these characters, is just like, why is why is this happening? What they don't they don't really know each other. <laughs> like she she doesn't even go here. Um, <laughs> oh, what did you did you really just say she don't even go here, man? Uh, Man, dude. Uh, all right, all right. No, no. I, I had already said my piece. Keep going. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I, I will never um, hesitate to slip a Mean Girls reference <laughs> there. But, I feel so bad because I still haven't seen it, and I need to. I've seen Heather's, which is like the more fucked up, violent version. All right. So your response on that, then, um, Ian? You know, I think it is. So, because you asked us those question. Like, like you asked us a question and us have a response. So what's, I mean, so what's your, I mean, you got anything to add to that? You said you hated it. So. Yes. I, and I said, yeah. um, the thing is I'm <laughs> Reginald Hudlin is a really hacky writer. And I think that other creators did better things with the relationship. Reginald Hudlin's initial storylines were not good. And he didn't know the characters. He clearly didn't know the characters. Like, he turned Captain America into, like, this weirdly racist archetype, which I thought was strange. And I'm like, no, no, that's Mark Miller's Captain America. You got them all confused. But, um, because Mark Miller doesn't know how to write Captain America at all. And what I, like, looking at it, what I think it is, and my big problem, I'm so used to people like Claremont and Christopher Priest and all these different writers 
who put like years and so much thought into these characters, into the development, give you reasons for everything that they would do and really make you them three dimensional to when a writer who doesn't have that ability to write characters in a three dimensional way and basically just rushes into a storyline. Um, in case anyone can't realize, but I mean, like the best thing is those like, is it, is that unique to them being black? So that, 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 I mean, I think that's kind of where we hear what you're saying, but to me and Michael, it's like, and they haven't done that to other characters. Oh, they totally, who are they black. totally have that. I hate it. Like, it's one of the laziest. And, and so that's what I'm saying. So like, it doesn't stand out as much to us. I, I think the problem. Well, that's what I'm saying though. Like, it doesn't stand out to us because it's like we've seen it before. But it's, at the same time, it like just because it's like the iconic one, it doesn't limit what it was supposed to do. Like, I like. There are other couples that have existed, black couples that have existed, like, you know, you know, through, like, you know, comic history. I mean, let's talk about, dude, do we, do we, I mean, like, can we just, can we talk about Storm and Bishop? Yes, yes, we can. Although, wait, were they, they okay. were, like, barely together. What? Because it wasn't, I thought it was Storm and Forge. They just. Look, I can't have my fancies, Because <laughs> Storm, Storm and Forge like, were definitely a thing. Storm what? Uh, Storm and Forge, Storm and Forge were definitely a thing. Oh my God! Did I just do that. I really hope Rob never listens to this because then he'll be like, "I picked the right girl." Damn. And I think he picked the right girl anyway. He didn't even know I existed. It's fine. <laughs> She's better than me. It's fine. Uh, I just literally, I got, I got, I, I got Bishop and Forge mixed up, and that, that's like bad. I know how my brain did it. I, cause I, cause look, power sets. Look, I'm dumb. Leave me alone. I said the wrong two characters. I did mean Forge, so thank you very much. But like, but honestly, the one I ship hardest is like, well, I should say stand for hardest is uh, uh, Storm and Logan, like Oro and Logan. Oh, yeah. I, I, dude, I, I, I stand hard for that. Well, I do one. remember the like, hard. I still remember the the animated series episode. That's still one of the best ones. So like, I'm just like. No, I'm talking. Well, I'm talking. I'm talking about comics. I'm trying to figure out where I'm trying to go with this because I want to. I don't want to go too too much on it because I love. love I, I kind of want to talk about Moon Girl because we were talking about something, um, right now, that it hits on something specifically in comics, and we got something recent, like when you talk about because like think, think about this that argument that you're giving about Storm and um T'Challa or and T'Challa. It, the fact that it was, you know, you got poor writing and stuff like that, and people kind of seek stuff out, but they're, it, but that becomes the main, that be, not not the main criticism. Like for you, it's not a main criticism because you still like Storm as the character. Yeah. There are people who stop there, oh, who said that this is shitty writing. I'm not going to pay attention to this anymore because they try to force their politics on me. That's how they. Yeah, but those people that. are assholes. But that's what I'm talking about. Like, how do you shift from? assholishness to just being like i hated this part but here's this whole narrative i enjoy you, you, you like, know what it is you, being a mature adult you know it takes think, time no, i think Some people die that way so. i think it goes <laughs> beyond that like you can't just be about like hey i'm an adult and you're not because then it goes down to Oh, it's just comic books. And well, comic it's not books even that. Like you know what it is? Childish it's, it's shit. What, what, it, what it comes down yeah. to, I think you have to make it about, like, are you informed? 
And the only way that you can be informed is to expose yourself to it. It's like I, I it's a lot of times like it's definitely happened a lot with Marvel ever since, you know, uh, that, you know, they blew up with the movies and they just have like this giant pop culture target on their back. So every little thing that they do gets picked apart and in, in every little aspect of it. It's ridiculous. But especially when they started getting into celebrating um, um, their diversity and celebrating uh, feminism through like Captain Marvel and Jane Foster Thor and like Cam was talking about and Moon Girl, uh, uh, Miss Marvel, everything exactly. like that just becomes like a, a focal point of just douchebaggery and it doesn't need to be because like I'm I like, said, Moon Girl's just adorable. And you know what I find so... She's nine years old and the most smart and literally became officially in canon the smartest person, smarter than Richards, the smartest person in the entire Marvel Universe, nine-year-old little black girl living in Manhattan, like, just beaming from ear to ear, little hair in her hair and little puffs. Like, that shit's adorable. That shit's fucking adorable. But like Michael says, you got people who just like, why are you trying to push my politics on? Like, like they see, they 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 organize it as forced diversity. They simply aren't allowing themselves to digest the story. They immediately jump into it of a place of like, let me tear this apart. Now sometimes that shit can be justified because me and Michael disagree on this. I am very critical of Miss Marvel of the movie. I did not like the way that that shit was shot at all. Because Miss Marvel yeah, is yeah. awesome. Whatever. No, well, Kamala, yes. Kamala Khan is a thing. But, no, but um, that's, that's part of the thing because like she's going to be a huge part of that uh, uh, Avengers game that's coming well, she's out. She's also going to be year. getting her own TV series. And there are people... Yeah, and there are people like as soon as they found out that like, oh wait a minute, what we're gonna be we're gonna play as her? Ah, uh, fuck that! I'm not gonna get this game. You, you know what? A big and part of like, it is a big part of it is that a lot why? of people are racist. Um, I, wait, was I supposed to say that or no? Yeah, well, that's, that's that's true. All right, so I mean, you can. I mean, I like I'm, I kind of want to. Well, I don't know. Like, I feel weird. This is this is stupid. Like, look, just as 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 the black person on here. I'm just going to say this, <laughs> like, I don't speak for all black people, but it's just like, yeah, people are racist. Like, it's like, it's kind of like, you, you know how me and Michael just said, like, yeah, you know, they, they got together after meeting once. I, same fucking energy. Yeah, people are racist. It happens. Like, my thing is, I'm not focused on them no more. I'm not. I don't give a shit. Like, if you want to be racist, be racist. Fine. Like, I'm done. I, I, I'm done. Like, I'm not trying to convince you. My thing is this. I want to speak to, especially through this podcast, I want to speak to those people who are just not that racist. If you have a place to start from that you're not that racist, then that's a place to start. That means you got some flexibility. And maybe you will... Maybe from this podcast will be the first time you'll just be like, all right, I'm going to pick up that controller and I'll pick this character. You know, like it, it, like maybe that'll be your starting point and then you'll stop and you'll be not, you'll be less racist to the yeah. point that you're not racist. Like, you know, I see everything as a threshold. It's, you know, like it's let's let's start with the people like if you've ever been thirsty for storm. Or hey. if you ever like saw uh, Bishop and you saw his biceps gleaming and you wanted to climb that tree, also, hey. just please 
Uh, Forge. I got this shit wrong. But yes, Bishop is a snack. Let's not, let's not, let's not, let's not go nowhere, but Bishop no, is but a snack. I, I think I, I'm just going to go like quick back. Cause I, 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 I forgot to say something. And when it, came, when it came to That's like so Storm and Black Panther and, and, and Reginald, <laughs> and Reginald Hudlin, I think the thing that uh that happened was he was basically uh he, 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 if you what? look at his wikipedia you look at his wikipedia you see that obviously he is very heavily steeped in a lot of like uh major uh like black culture uh, <laughs> uh, uh films like he you know baby's kids he got uh you know house party you just it's just mm-hmm. like a, a laundry list of you, you know, know my favorite blurred thing stuff and um my, my favorite thing is what I hate not. you Ian, for saying so close. Like literally in my head, I pictured like this, like this clip, like a TikTok, like I don't know, like something just real short of an animated like Bishop from like the original, like from the what's it called X Men anime series, and like him shaking his like him shake like 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 that style, but his hair, his Jerry curl is shaking in slow motion, and I heard just let just. Like I, I saw it in my head, the whole thing, and I lost it. And Michael was talking about some real shit. I was gonna say, I, I was gonna say, my, my favorite thing that Reginald <laughs> Hudlin did is when he got sued by Dwayne McDuffie's widow. What, what what happened? Why did she? Well, sing? remember? Well, one of the things we're definitely gonna talk about is Milestone Media. Because Milestone Media is amazing. Uh, yes, yes. Milestone Media is a is yes. a comic. Okay, let me let me let me let me touch back Sorry. real quick, and then let's 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 hit it. Okay. Um, I was just gonna say because uh, Reginald Hudlin, you can, like I said, you can see on his Wikipedia that he's done all sorts of you know cool things for for the blurred culture, and I can just see uh, I, I guess uh, coming it coming at it from that perspective and coming into like comics, I can definitely see how somebody who wasn't that into comics but had an understanding of you know hey i definitely know storm i definitely know black panther and wanting to see that power couple happen because that's like like cam was saying we've seen that um all over the place and i can i can understand why he would want to see that happen and um there's definitely been worse uh shoehorn things in comic oh, yeah. books i agree but uh and and you know actually looking back at it um yeah like so that that whole thing where we're man i feel old uh looking back Why? at it like, they no because like black panther and the, and the storm got married in 2006 that's weird isn't it yeah, and like I'm looking back at, it, I'm thinking about like when Earth X came out, ago. and I'm like, you know what? That's like not that far apart from when Earth X came out. Maybe he read that too and liked it, and maybe he wanted to bring a little bit of that into uh, into canon. So, you know, that's why that's part of the reason why I don't think it's like um, it, it doesn't like I, uh, bother me as much. But like I said, I still you know understand and, and then respect your taking it. Yeah. Well, I'm just grouchy, so. <laughs> well, it's, it's because it's because Dan isn't here. He does all the grouchiness. Oh, he's got you, And then that gives you something to be positive about. That's true. See, and it's just bringing out in. This is why we need Dan because it's like because it gives you something to do. So, 
I mean, more to do. I mean, it's not that you're not doing anything now, but it just gives you more to I'm do. You're fearless leader. Come on. So now. let's talk about Milestone. Oh, you're sad. Yes. Okay, Milestone. Milestone Media is was a comic line founded by uh, consists of Dwayne McDuffie, Dennis Cohen, Michael Davis, and Derek T. Dingle. Uh, it was also worked on by Reginald Hudlin. Originally, the editor in chief was supposed to be Christopher Priest, somebody we definitely need to talk about during the show. Um, who unfortunately left due to personal reasons. I mean, well, we—I mean, we did a thing on him, right? We did, but he did so much. Okay. okay. We we need we do talk about Christopher Priest. He's he's a he's a he's a, hey, he's a goddamn I'm, I'm, national I'm, treasure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yep. So this is one of the yep. coolest comic yep. lines ever. It didn't run for too, for too long, but while it did, it was such a big hit that DC actually came in and actually made a publishing deal with them. And so one of the big characters, of course, that came from that is um, Static, or Static Shock, as he was later renamed. Mm-hmm. But um, they, a little while back, they were going to bring it, bring it back. They were going to bring back Milestone. They got everyone together. And Dwayne McDuffie, who, who sadly passed a number of years ago, um, his, his wife and him co-created the character of Static Shock. And they also, she was also an investor in the company and owned part of Milestone Media. Hudlin and sadly the other creators, including Dennis Cohen, who I'm a huge fan and fan of it. If you've ever read uh, Daniel O'Neill's The Question, you've seen his artwork and it's amazing. Him and all the other creators basically just undercut Dwayne McDuffie's wife. They didn't go to her. They didn't talk to her. Anything. And she sued them. When all re- with all good reason, and it's really unfortunate that we actually are going to be bringing back something really cool, really interesting, uh, really groundbreaking, absolutely groundbreaking. And it does uh, it does bother me that somebody would do something in such a way to hinder themselves, to hinder not only themselves but not only, but also not involve original creators, but. For really, Milestone did so many good things that we need to get away from that negativity. Because with Milestone, they brought characters like Hardware, Icon, Blood Syndicate, Static, as we previously mentioned. And they brought a lot of uh, really great black comic creators together to make this company and create a di- diverse amount of characters, but but mainly with black main characters and with an extreme, and with, especially with it being in the 90s extremely diverse range of characters and it was cool because they created their own universe it was all set in a universe called the dakota verse and it's just really neat uh what are your guys take like what are you on the milestone and everything behind it michael well honestly i didn't have a whole lot of uh exposure to milestone when because uh i I didn't read a whole lot of comics uh, back during during the 90s, and as I was like going through uh, a lot of uh, older like essential runs, I kind of just like I, it wasn't really even on my radar. The only I guess uh, exposure I had to some of the milestone stuff is, is like uh, Ian was talking about uh, Static uh, when Static came up as uh, as an animated character. Um, that was I remember liking the show a lot, and I remember uh, it was uh, it touched on. Uh, some really, um, you know, some deep issues that you weren't expecting in a Saturday morning cartoon. And um, there there was also, I remember there was a small 
crossover, I believe there was between uh, Justice League and some of the milestone characters like like Icon towards the end of the um, JLL, uh, J, uh, Justice League of America run that happened, I believe, just before they started doing Infinite Crisis and one year later. And unfortunately, the, the quality of the book started to go down a little bit. And that's why I, I kind of started to tune it out. And it's, it's unfortunate that they kind of did it at that point and, and they weren't able to bring it in at its height, you know. But, um, yeah, I remember liking Static a lot. And uh, I'm glad that uh, I played the, the Injustice game and he was, he was a character in that. That was really neat. Um, but like um, when, when Ian is talking about the uh, how, how they left out um, how how they left out uh, his his widow like that, it just goes to show you that um, they're, that they're still like original creators are still kind of getting screwed over even to this day. And uh, so yeah, that's that's basically you know all all I've had to uh, this, to see about uh, milestone. The the thing that uh, well sorry. I mean. I, I mean, well, just to put it, just to say my pieces, um, one is I shared, I guys an uh, article with you guys about it, which pretty much like, I, I appreciated that take. Um, it's, it, um, just for the listeners, it'd be, um, for, um, Nerdy POC on, uh, Medium did a piece on it. Um, they did it back in, uh, it was, uh, Lorenzo Simpson who wrote it. Um, but like, um, so you guys can look that up if you want, but like, um, he did back in like, uh, he did it back in, um, uh, 2017. And I want to say if I'm right about this, this was, no, this was either right at, I think it was right after, um, New York Comic Con. Um, and it, uh, cause that's when DC announced that they were going to, um, roll out with the uh god what was it um they said that um they were um they were hold on they said that they were um they were uh, amongst the stuff that they said they were going to be releasing, Richard Helen was abo- was among it was was among amongst that. So it um, it pertains to the lawsuit. Just uh, ju- just read read that read it because um, this is shortly after that announcement. So that's like the the context in which that article was written about it. Um, like I think it's fair, and that's kind of just where my thoughts on it are because I don't want to take up too much time on that. Um, so but I'm just like, um, throwing this throwing yeah. this out real quick. Um, so I, the only thing that I heard was Lorenzo Simpson. So I tried looking it up, right? I didn't see the link at first. And apparently Lorenzo Simpson is a, a boxer. Um, so don't look up that. That's not what it is. It's not what Lorenzo. There is it. Is there? It did Lorenzo Truck Simpson write this? No, it's that's Lorenzo. What I'm saying. No, that's not. Nerdy POC on Medium. That's 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 the that's the name of it. It came out on October 25th of 2017, um, and it just basically. I'm sorry. This is gonna sound. This sounds so like. Oh, it sounds like so SJW. But like, it, why Milestone Comics Revival matters. That's the title of it. So, um, 
just like look give it a chance i i just said like a lot of things that they say in there um not not that not that well lorenzo says in there is is fair like then that, that's anyway but um going back to what you were saying um it's in like um but go ahead but like i mean like look i for me, it's hard for me to make a comment on this, and this is just from a personal, uh, personal issue. Is, um, like when it comes to estates and shit like that, it. I don't know. Humans are weird when it comes to death. That's all I gotta feel. Like, yeah, it's unfortunate. You're absolutely right, and I'm just saying, money and death is weird. So, <laughs> people have gone through it. Y'all know what I mean. So that, that's I'm going to I'm going to just kind of try to keep it as as topical to that as possible. That's, all, that's one of the reasons I'm kind of staying quiet is because like, yeah, you say it's unfortunate and I'm like, I got I got real strong feelings, but it's not appropriate. So I was I was going to say um, there were I remember there were two controversies uh, regarding regarding milestone. There was actually one they they had had some conflicts, but nothing that bad. But apparently there were storylines that hit D.C., specifically told them that made them very uncomfortable and he taught, but they wouldn't say their perspective on it. Uh, the big one is that in the issue of static, it showed the hero kissing his girlfriend on a bed with unopened condoms visible. DC didn't want to publish this cover on grounds that it was using sex to sell comics, but, um, McDuffie believed it made DC uncomfortable because of specifically black sexuality. Now, in general, sexuality wasn't really talked about in comics, but at the same time, with these books, they were creator-owned. They were creator-controlled, so they should have had a little bit more freedom in that regard. And I wanted to get your opinion on that. Which one? Michael? Either one. Because <laughs> oh, uh, their, comics, were, so... their comics didn't fall into the comic book code. So, yeah, like so the, that shouldn't have been an nothing. issue. Pretty much falls underneath the comic book code anymore. I mean, but this is 1995. Once, once Marvel ditched it. But remember, this is 95, oh, oh, and this oh, is published snap. by DC. Um, but at the same time, I mean, like that was such a wild time for comic books during the time, you know, when like Image was coming out, and you know, you got like Witchblade and these these characters who are basically all all this, you know, the, the only thing that that's covered up is is their nipples and they're lady bits and that's it and so when you, you talk about like oh we can't sexualize these things it's like that's that's such a stupid excuse especially when it's and then they've got like condoms there i mean that's like a teachable thing they've got they've done issues like earlier than that like in the 80s and shit they're for, for like green arrow and green lantern when they're getting into you know using drugs and why that's bad and there's been all sorts of teachable uh comic psa type things and they could have just you know kind of approached it from from that angle but uh yeah i, w- I would say like to to get upset about that is i mean i can i can understand I why i guess Mc, i can kind of see that i can understand why Mc Duffy time, was upset about it yeah because it 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 it, go, it kind of goes both ways but yeah like because they're they're creator owned they should be able to do stuff like that um, at the same time, like, it's probably not something like they, they would probably look at it from the perspective perspective of, is this something that you would also see like in a Batman book or a Spider-Man book or a Superman book? And probably not. But, at least back then. 
you can still use that as a as as a moment, you know. Yeah. But um, one of the things that did, that did bother me because, and I don't know how to interpret this. Apparently, a lot of black a lot of black independent comic companies and creators actually criticized them and claimed that Milestone Media was compromising itself by working with a white company, and those are the exact words that they use, like DC Comics, and was being used by to, by DC to undermine independent black companies. Now, on honestly. I know it's going to sound bad. I think a lot of that come now. I think a lot of that comes across as bitter because it's like, you. Uh, all right. Um, all right. I got to stop you <laughs> because like the thing about it is the only thing I'm stopping you on that is not to say that it's, it's not fair. Um, it is a fair opinion, but I got to stop you because it's a, it is something that occurs in the black community a lot. That's a criticism that is unresolved in the black community. As the person on the, on, a, on the podcast, I'm just telling you, like, yes, you can have your opinion about it, but I'm speaking from a cultural standpoint. Yeah. That that thing of doing that, of telling black people how to be creative and what alliances to make in creative spaces, that's a thing. It is, it is a total thing. Um, I cannot, inv- like, I, I don't know how to speak to it, to tell you the truth, because it's like, I see where they're coming from, but I also see it from a space of like, look, we all are here. You know what I'm saying? We're all here. We're all out here doing things. It, it's 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 the um no no this this is a fallacy. This is a, like a logical fallacy, and this is why I don't really speak directly to black people about it. Like as like a group, like I, I don't gather a bunch of black people and get on a stage in front of black people and tell them this. But <laughs> like, um, but if black people hear it, I'm okay with them. Like on a one to one basis, we can talk. I don't announce it to black people, but it, this is a fallacy. It is, um. The um, it's the one where it's like uh, maybe maybe you can help me out with this, uh, Michael. It's it's the idea of in order for you if you win, I lose. Like there's no win-win situation. Like it's a um, oh god, yeah. Like it it's it's like if I give you freedoms, that must mean you're taking away my rights. Like if I, like if I give someone different than me freedoms, then you're taking away my rights. And it's like, no, we can both ha- we can both have rights and freedoms. Like it's it's a it's a certain kind of fallacy. I can't think of it off the top of my head. I think, but I think but it, it just goes it's, back it's, to it's, it's like a relationship. That, that's what I'm saying. It's just a relationship of saying that like it's um oh god, it's on the tip of my tongue. But basically, what it is is that they see it as there's a limited amount of resources out there. And the argument from the black community is that if you are black and you have these resources and or opportunities, it is your responsibility to allocate those to black people, period. That is a value. Um, It exists. I'm not saying that all black people believe it, but that just exists. That gets juxtaposed to people who say on variations and thresholds on the spectrum of I have these resources. I'm going to use them. I'm, I'm going to make use of them how I see fit. 
some and, and with that up uh, that and that's what I'm saying that's the other position that's the just position and they're both both black people both both positions are black people one are just you you give everything to black people that people take priority they're on that end to say or like you know like quote unquote like Tyler Perry's of the world but they feel like if you try to criticize Tyler Perry for making shit ass movies that somehow you're not for black people Tyler Perry makes shit ass movies I can be quoted on that yep. but like but, but he's a black man who created the like he's like he's he has the first black studio and it's it took that fucking long for that to happen which is crazy so I'm not going to yeah, that, well in, but the thing about it is that black he had to gain enough resources and wealth it is very difficult systemically for black people to gain resources and wealth because there's a lot of things that hold us back from it it's not that people can't and there are quite a few very wealthy black people and part of my education i'm i am the progeny of that but like i am not a millionaire nor did i i don't think they were millionaires my parents i'm pretty sure they weren't but they were up there what you know what I'm saying? I no, I am poor as fuck. But like, I'm on a podcast, man. I've, I this is this is what I do with my time. Like, you know, like I paid my rent and I was happy that night. No, seriously, ask my brother-in-law. Like, I I shared tears of fucking joy. I am not, I am not any kind of percent. I am, I am a very two-digit number of a percent. Thank you very much. Very two-digit, high two digits. <laughs> like very high two digits so not the one person in any way shape or form but with that part being said there is a certain echelon of black people that only have access to that that wealth to the value comes from to saying that since there is so many things systemically that hold us back your duty and your responsibility is to feed them back in the black community and then that's where that criticism of milestone comes from is because it's this idea that there's a fixed amount of wealth and resources out there and if you're not if you're taking things if you're working with white companies then you're not employing black companies it's that idea and it's like yes that is true in a sense but there's more to this company just than them being white yes they do profit off of this but so do i and it can allow me more opportunities to create more platforms for more black people so let's talk about that part you know okay with with, with milestone right yeah. it's you know by working with them, they create more platforms. But again, that has been talked about in the black community and there is responses to that as well. And it becomes a very long, long. And that's why I'd stop you, because it can become a shit like if there were comment sections to this, it would be a long shit at shitty ass debate amongst very ignorant people on both sides, because it's it's not a really it's not it. It's such a hard thing to kind of wrap your brain around to say that, look, people can do with their money what they want to focus on those people who are more in line with your value system as a business person and a creative. And then you'll find better happiness. Like, don't focus on what Tyler Perry. Like, I don't focus on make Tyler Perry making shit ass movies. I don't. I, I really don't. I, I won't. I don't like if I have an opportunity to work for him, like, will I do it? Only if he's giving me a very large percent of that money that he's making. 
because otherwise I don't give a shit. I don't care. Like, I, I don't care about the, but I do care about the fact that he created that studio. So same thing goes back to, um, and the reason why I say so much shit about Tyler Perry is because Tyler Perry makes black people caricatures. Um, so when you hear, like, when you hear criticisms of, especially if they come from very conservative spaces, like open condoms and shit like that, this shit is being charged by other stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like the reason in this up is because it's, thank you, Michael. I love that. Um, <laughs> like it's, it's being charged by other stuff. And so, yeah, you, you got a condom in a sex yeah. scene in a comic. You know what? Come, come to my world. I will show you some tentacles. And <laughs> like if, if, if that, if, if certain things disturb you because, you know, they're in a comic book and kids can get their hands on them. I got some shit to show you in the etchy realm. <laughs> like you know that that's accessible to kids and 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 Japan is not fine, um, but it's still <laughs> I'm just saying it's like it's not like let's we have other bigger things to worry about like literally we have bigger things to worry about than your fucking hang up with a condom I, you know what I'm saying I like Tyler Perry that's and Gone Girl okay <laughs> him as an actor I said him as well, the, just. But the I was movies. trying to find like the one thing I liked him in. It was either that or it was a cameo in Star Trek. Diary Part Five. Hmm. God, I no, no. It's just Diary of a Mad Black Woman. It, it. He made a movie about a trope. Hey. An entire fucking stereotype. If that movie was made by a white person, that shit would have got canceled on production. Hey, 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 hey. Person... How else are we supposed to wrap up the epic trilogy of Boo and Medea Halloween? Shit, let's not even talk about it. I know it exists. I know it exists. I uh it's so you know what? Let's talk about positive black I'm, shit. And talk I'm, gonna, about putting... I'm gonna try to like wrangle the shit storm there. Um, no, 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 we no we are because I mean you've you done it once, so now <laughs> I'll wrangle it back. I have the biggest shit that... on my face when I said that, by the way. Not gonna lie. I it can be back to shitastic. Oh, goodness. It's a wild ride out here, people. Wild ride. But going back to black businesses, black creators supporting things, blah, blah, blah. Let's talk about what will be the fifth anniversary of Amalgam Comics, the first black woman-owned comic book shop um, on the East Coast. I'm actually going to be there. Um, I, I want to give a shout out to Ar- uh, Ariel, um, Ariel, because when I first was on Facebook and just being a little black nerd to myself, not no podcast, nothing. Um, um, but I had people that, you know, I had a little bit of an audience at the time on, on, on the faces of the books. Um, I shouted out Ariel when she opened up her shop. She opened up her shop in December to, uh, 2015. And I was like, yes, queen. And like, like, and since then, since then, and that's why I just, I like, I just want to just talk about, cause like we talked about that part with, with milestone, right? Yeah. And what the criticisms were. So this is literally a great flip over. But since then, um, she has been awarded, um, fifty thousand dollars to open. And this was in the Philadelphia Inquirer. Um, uh, like since opening, like this was 2017. She was awarded, um, not just awarded, but she was awarded fifty thousand dollars to open up more doors. So you take a black business, and within two years, people are just giving you fifty grand to open up more shops, Dude, this place looks more awesome. comic book shops. 
make sure i'm going there literally and i'm gonna be in philadelphia um so that's what i'm saying shout out so we can tag her in this to say hey aria thank you so much for liking my post she liked my post when i shouted her out when it opened um and i was like oh my god thank you for seeing me and she commented she's like of course and i'm like oh my god so um so so um, you're bringing us back t-shirts yes um please bring us back t-shirts man look you know what we should have a patreon Oh, I, was like, <laughs> I agree. I just said I was gonna be there. I'm just gonna be there and be myself. My, my, well, I saw like, these t-shirts. My, and I don't want one. Me too. Oh, what's it called? I, I like bringing back a, 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 if, All right, Ariel, if you have shot glasses, I will purchase them for you. I can budget that. You want t-shirts, man? I've been in a comic book shop. That's like twenty bucks each, man. I'm broke. Anyway, <laughs> but. And I need to buy a comic while I'm there because look priorities. Okay, I got I got a real budget. Budget. Anyway, but I'm gonna be going there, so I will be there in Philadelphia in April. I won't tell nobody because I mean I have no idea when this is gonna go up, and I don't want to like have like stalkers and shit. Um, but like I'm gonna go there in that month and time. So y'all should go see um her shop. Um, it's in North it's in North Philly. Um, I, I graduated from North Philly. Not, not North Philly, sorry. I graduated in West Philadelphia, not born and raised, and no <laughs> playgrounds did I spend most of my days. I was in, like, um, you know, library. You stole my but joke. Anyway, hey, <laughs> um, I knew it was coming, but, like, uh, it, it was um, – I'm not going to dox myself right now. That, that, that'd be terrible. But, yes, I went to a high school on the western part of Philadelphia. Um, but um, – her shop is in North Philly, and that's where I will be. And this will be her; she will be going on her fifth year. So um, amazing! Again, black-owned, the the first and only for that time, black-owned a uh, women comic book shop um, on the East Coast. So, and it's Amalgam Comics and Coffee Shop. Um, she's amazing, and you know, giving platforms. So, when if you have a problem. With Milestone, if you agree, if you're that kind of person, not necessarily a black person, but if you're just that kind of person who wants to have issues or with either like, you know, condoms being shown and shit like that, you might not want to go to her store because guess what? She's going to have comics for adults, too. And she might tell people and like, I don't know, she might have employed people there that have pictures on her website that you can look at. And see if you trust those humans around your kids. Why don't you go with your kids to a comic book shop if you're so worried? <laughs> Just go to go with your kids because I promise you they will have manga. <laughs> they will have manga. You don't know your kids that well, so like you know, don't be worried. Don't be worried about what you're gonna find in a Marvel comic so much anymore. You also got independent comics. You got like Niobe and, um, but yeah, but Christopher Priest. Okay, I just saw the cover for Niobe. That looks really cool. Sorry. Oh yeah. Um, oh no, no, no. You can talk about that, but I just, I just wanted to name drop that one. But I can talk about that. But I've been talking a lot about other stuff. So. So. so speaking of which, something you should pick up when you're there. Uh, you need to pick up the um, Captain Marvel Monica Rambeau trade because this just came out last year, and it made me happy because they collected all the key stories. Of Monica Rambeau's Captain Marvel. And it kind of makes me sad because... Did, did, huh? Did either of you guys read Ultimates? Um, with Monica Rambeau. Yeah. I read Ultimates by Miller. Um, I've, 
Was was she now? Was she brief? Now was she in that run, or was she in the follow up run? No, she. This is a completely different thing that was like post uh, Secret Wars, where basically uh, they they put together like a team that's supposed to be like the ultimate team. They had like Captain Marvel, Blue Marvel, uh, Galactus. Uh, uh, it, it it had all these like major characters that were like extremely powerful, and they're like we're gonna like be proactive about like these universal problems and like the first thing they try to solve is Galactus. So it's very like uh, 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 the very crazy stories, but also very good. Uh, Monica Rambo is in it. Uh, so was uh, Blue Marvel, and they're just uh, pretty pretty badass. You need to send me this I so I can read it because that sounds awesome. I've sent you screenshots of it, and I was like, you guys need to read this shit. No, Michael's wife. What? Ashley, if you are listening to this, he just dropped suggestions for cosplays. <laughs> she doesn't take my suggestions. That's why I'm saying it in my ASMR voice. I, I, I'm not doing that. I really I, promise I'm I, I keep on. But like, no, but seriously, though, like, uh, no, like, I, yeah, I, I was I just wanted to throw that in there because you because you, you dropping some hotness. You dropping some hotness. So, like, uh, I tell her. That uh, oh she told me actually if we ever go to Blurred Con she will finally do Black Dynamite so Woo! we have that's gonna have to happen at some point. Um, Hold up, what do you mean she's gonna do Black Dynamite? Like she's gonna be like a, a like a like a gender bent Black Dynamite? Yeah. Oh, do Caravan. We both live in Phoenix. Sorry, <laughs> listeners, that's what's happening. Like, Ian's in Texas, and so is Dan. No, Dan's you know, in Kansas now. You know, rest and partying wherever you are. Oh, he's in Kansas now? He moved? Yeah, he moved a long time All ago. right, well, then there you go. So, oh. Like, years ago. Hold up, he's always been in Kansas? Yeah, he was in Texas very briefly, but um, he was in Kansas. Oh, I just thought he just li- Yo, well, he's just he says this is not real because this is just the internet. So, he, he's someplace on the planet. Um, I thought he was in Texas. I have not picked. I I don't know if this ever, was ever explicitly shared though. I don't really talk. I mean, anyway. So back to your wife, gender bending black dynamite, uh, <laughs> and me not knowing where Dan lives. I'm sorry, Dan. Um, but like it, it but ooh, can we caravan? Can we go together? Can I just go I, along I don't with even you? Know. Can, when that'll happen because we're like like i said we're, we're taking a trip uh next next week so uh there's all sorts of uh trips in the making but uh that's definitely with you. I like we, that has to be something that that happens but we're like we're still trying to like figure out I, oh another one that we wanted to do is like the <laughs> well, i'm gonna be Speaking like michael things. jackson and men in black and like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be i'm gonna be like michael jackson and men in black right now like, you know how he was like, I can be Agent M? I'd be like, I can be Cream Corn. I can be Cream Corn. Don't say that. And she's going to be Black Dynamite. I can be Cream Corn. Yeah. Let me be no, Cream no, Corn. No. Speaking, speaking of, of, of that, but like, like Blurred Con, Sorry, another thing, and also touching back on things that are completely uh, inappropriate for children. So she said another thing that we ha- that we need to do is um, uh, – like the kind of lingus instructors from Key and Peele. <laughs> I've stolen my idea. Jesus Christ. 
Man. You know that you know what that's still on topic because it's a it's it's black animation. Um, because that's fun. That's kind of funny because like literally I was thinking more kind of like what comics kind of turned into and like it's fair to talk about that during Black History Month. It's just black animation because you have Aaron Magruder. I will not go into it this year. I promise. <sighs> I'm doubting you quietly. Because I, I have a boyfriend now. And me and my boyfriend, already we've already had this discussion, so there's no reason for me to go into the podcast in 2020. But Aaron Magruder is my safety. So, like, literally, he, he's, he's my get-out-of-jail-free card. Um, but Aaron Magruder doesn't leave his house. Um, I don't think so. I don't know. I just never got to meet. I've met so many famous people, but I've never met Aaron Magruder. <sighs> I met the Black Ranger. Dude, Walter, Walter Jones is awesome, and he doesn't age at all. He looks the same he as he did back in the It's weird. Cheek and I melted. I melted a little bit in my like that happened at Phoenix Comic Con, and I'm like, why'd you kiss me on the cheek? And he's like, you cute, and I'm like, ah. And so, but I'm a gruder. Where are you? I have a boyfriend. That's fine. Wow. Uh, I I just want to take this time to apologize to Matthew. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Segwaying back, uh, one thing that makes me so he'll he'll listen to this and he'll be like, you know what, this is too much. I can't. I can't. One thing that makes me upset when we're talking about uh, uh, blurred culture, and uh, one thing that kind of makes me upset is like another thing that you guys need to catch up on is it feels like I'm the only one who's seen Watchmen and speaking about uh, you know Aaron Magruder and you know touching on Regina. Everybody listening needs to watch Watchmen because uh, that, that, that show is like so much better than it had any right to be and Regina King just absolutely killed it um, just like she did in season two of The Leftovers which is another like masterpiece that yeah, oh, people need to watch. I'm going to be totally I'm going to be totally awful because after the after you quietly just quietly trying not to laugh or say anything regarding Aaron McGruder and Cam. And then you almost said touching Regina King and then you stopped and then you kind of jumped over. And I, I noticed that don't pretend I didn't look. You almost so said on Regina, King. Regina King is amazing. Yes, she is. But I, but I wanted, I wanted to laugh at Michael because he's my buddy. You can, t- dude, her body is amazing. Mm-hmm. You can touch on him. Yo, am I lying? Nope. Someone write to me. You do. You do. You can tweet me, okay? Cam apparently fucking Twitter too. Tweet, come at me at my ass. Her body's hot. You can touch on Regina King, and she's amazing as a creator. You want to talk about giving black people jobs? Regina King is awesome. You about just dude, Regina King. Ooh, dude, she's so amazing. Both her names mean royalty. <laughs> <laughs> she is so. She is she's Queen King. That's literally her name. Learn Latin. I did for two years, dude. Regina King. The only thing, like literally, Regina Rex or some. Dude, she's amazing. Regina King's amazing. She's been amazing. She stays amazing. So she's why have you guys seen Watchmen? I don't know. Cause we were trash, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kind of trash. I have, I have a crown. It says King of Trash Mountain. Okay. You know? But really, you guys need to watch it. Um, it's, this is a B-side podcast, I man. But that's okay. like another bad thing. It's like that, that, that goes back to what we were talking about before. Has like, uh, unfortunately, 
like it's Regina King because sometimes. of like her Regina King because of her unapologetic uh, unapologetic black excellence is it becomes like uh, a, a, a lightning rod for people. And uh, as soon as like people find out that that she's associated with it, or that you know they were going to uh, make make her uh, one of the primary characters of the series, uh, a lot of people were just like, "Oh, this is this is, this is shit." And um, not, to, not on top of the people who already were purist that's, enough that's to be fair. like to be like, "Oh, this shouldn't be touched because you know Watchmen is so brilliant and everything." Uh, spoiler alert: It's not. But that's just me. Um, Watchmen is awesome, but I but you can do more with the story in the universe. Yeah, and this was like a perfectly respectful, in line with everything that was already established sequel. And uh, it, it was it was like I'm I'm a type of person who is I will say this is gonna sound like snooty as hell, but I'm kind of like hard to impress when it comes to like like storytellings and stuff and things that kind of like hit me from angles that I don't see coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was very good about that. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's really highly recommended. And I kind of, I kind of hope that the, the way that they left it, they just, they don't do another season. Just like walk well, away to drop HBO them off. Actually well, well, that, no, no, that, that, no, that was in, that was, that was it. There, there, there yeah. is, there, there should not be like, well, it, no, was it was no. done. That was the thing. Well, I mean, though, that's. Like, I mean, like, yes, I haven't seen it myself, but I have kept up at least on the news and shit. And yeah, yeah from everything, I, all the feedback that I've been seeing in my feeds, yeah, like it's, it like I mean, I have to see it just because, like, I mean, there's shit that oh, there's so much shit out there that I need to I need to read and look at and consume. Like, like, fuck, I still want to read uh, David Walker's Shaft. If we want to sit there and talk about this shit, um, his entire like that that entire run, like the comic series for Shaft, I want to read that. Um, so it's um, but back to Watchmen though. Um, for everything that I've been I've read is that that's the story. The story has ended. To to do a season two is to is cash grab at this point, and you will ruin it. Well, so HBO even actually yeah. just reclassified it as a miniseries to finally stop people from saying why do I have a second season and they and they've finally they've reclassified it and said this is a limited series which yeah. they should have done the for only the, the only bad thing the only bad thing is like after after they ended game of thrones they were so eager to keep people with their hbo subscriptions that they came out with watchmen and chernobyl in the same year so unfortunately they're going to be up against each other when it comes to uh these these mini series nominations and there, there are probably going to be a lot of people who, who disregard Watchmen even more just because, you know, Chernobyl was also an excellent miniseries. And they're going to say, oh, Watchmen's a comic book thing and uh, doesn't deserve the same kind of consideration. And when we're but talking I mean, about things is... like that and then going after – not necessarily going after, but talking about uh, stuff that was meant to be limited but but wound it up, you know, being expanded into the, you know – so-called cash grab was like Joker. Joker. They, Hold up, they the said, movie. Oh, this was yeah. They said they said that this was going to be like a single thing, and then oh yeah, oh, leading up to it, and then oh, all of a sudden it made a billion dollars, and like oh, we're thinking about a sequel. So, um, uh, so but I'm I'm saying I'm glad that they're yeah yeah yeah. No, I I read that. I read that. I read that. Okay. So, all right. I thought you're talking about the movie. I'm just like. This is Black History Month. I don't want to. I don't want to sound crazy during Black History Month because we. I was. Um. I was when I was on a hiatus. Like, 
Um, yeah, when I was Joker came out when I was on a hiatus, and I have I have very interesting opinions about that movie. I like that movie a lot, and it, it makes me uncomfortable. And and I talked to my therapist about it, and she says I'm okay, but like. <laughs> Like, she's just like, all right, no, 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 you're fine. And I'm like, all right, cool. Um, so um, and that's all I needed to know was that that was okay. But I really like that movie. Same. Um, <laughs> like, I will say that that's what it was. I liked it so much. I saw a therapist. I was like, mm, I need to talk to somebody. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> um, but it has nothing to do with Black History Month. Um, but um, going back to Watchmen, um, like, uh, I like, I see what you're saying, Michael. I see it as two demographics. Like, I like, like I see that you're trying to like the the interest that you're trying to garner. Sure, there are people who might want to consume something that's comic book simply because it has a title, comic book. Like, um, like for me, I don't watch the Arrowverse at all. Um, you know, I, although I do want to watch the Infinite Crisis, um, uh, like that that particular part of this, like I call it saga, kind of like I do an anime, like you know, like the Frieza saga, Cell saga, that type of thing, like that. I just want to watch that part, um, which is um, Infinite Crisis. That's the only part of Arrowverse I want to watch. This looks really because cool. I can't stand the, I cannot stand the writing of the Arrowverse. So, um, the thing about Watchmen is I will say that much. I was hesitant at first because I did not want it to suck. And as much as I love Regina King, as much as I love her, um, and I can't think of anything bad she's ever done, um, but I also can't think of, like, I can't... Does that make sense? Like, I think she's good. I don't think necessarily everything she's been in is good by default. You know what I'm saying? And so it, it's, 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 it's like, it's, that, it's like that, you know? So it's kind of like, I was really hesitant to start and I really wanted to see what feedback looked like about this series before I really got into it. And people kept talking about it, kept talking about it, kept talking about it. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch it um, here soon. And so, um, and I should have had more faith because HBO does, I mean, like when it comes to writing, they're not bad, I mean, like, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, shit, they, you know, they, they got, like, a lot of heavy hitters, like Game of Thrones, which I st- also did not want to watch because it was too hyped too much. Um, but also, same thing, it's like, sometimes I just don't like shit that's hyped. Like, Witcher, fuck that. I, I, I can't, I, like, I don't, like, and I love Henry Cavill. I actually met him in person, and he's he's big and beautiful, and it's not fair. But um, it's like, it, it's like, my face hurt looking at him. Like, I was like, Jesus. Like, you know, like, people aren't supposed to look like that. But he looks like that. But I'm not watching The Witcher. And, like, my sister, like, gives me shit about it because, like, she's... You're just refusing? No, I tried. I watched the first one, and the writing was funny th- I don't okay, like it. Funny thing is, I've heard from a lot of people that the first episode is rough and that it immediately gets better after that. That's the big thing I keep hearing. I would say that's accurate. <laughs> Well, okay, so let's go back to comic books specifically. Okay, because, I mean, I know The Witcher is, is a book series, and I know this video game series, and I've watched the reviews for the video game series as a book series. So I think I'm cool on, the, like, the mythos of Witcher, and, like, I don't, you know, like, I, 
it's, it's what you're talking about, Michael, when it comes to Watchmen. Some people come into properties just hella resistant. You know what I'm saying? And that's how, like, and I'm one of those people, not with Witten, not with, not, not with Watchmen, but I am that person with The Witcher. Because, like, I'm just, I really don't want it to suck because I like Henry Cavill. I don't want to dislike Henry Cavill all of a sudden because, and when I watched the first episode, there was parts of the way that the story was being constructed that just upset me and I didn't like it. Um, and it's kind of like the same thing with Game of Thrones. Like, it, you know what? I, I, people can hate me for these these opinions. But um, Watchmen, though, um, I do still want to watch it because, um, and I do plan on watching it. I'm not resistant to it. It's just not going to get around to it at this point is because I've heard so much good stuff about it. And what really now intrigues me about it, because um, I, I, like I said, HBO properties, like, you know, you get me on some Westworld shit i'm deep in westworld now like i was underrated it really is i didn't think i was gonna like it because it was because i was like i was like it's like it looks like a western i don't want to watch it but i was like what you didn't tell me about science it's also the prettiest freaking tv show it's like the prettiest disturbing tv show they had me at philosophical existential crises and like and like concepts and like yeah just uh like i like that shit i like shit that like really messes with my head i love that shit you know what i'm saying so westworld i'm happy with that one i didn't think i was gonna like it but i wound up liking that property and and hbo for for the most part like there's there's not a reason for me to distrust their ability to produce a good show um so i i think i'm going to enjoy it but i will say this the winner of it is the fact that they aren't making a season two and if the fans say that it's good as it is like and these are and these are comic fans i'm listening to not general public who just want to consume shit and they're like where's my season two no people who actually understand the completion of a story so when comic book fans say it was good and it was complete and there is no more. Now I feel like, okay, I I'm safe to watch it. You're not going to make me hate Regina King. Cause you couldn't do it anyway, but I won't be disappointed. <laughs> I'm an, look, it's that I consider that's my nerdy part. Like, I just don't want to be disappointed. And that's what you get. You get angry nerds who will resist shit. Cause they don't want to be disappointed. They love it so much. They just don't want to hate it. So I want to talk about Larry Stroman. Oh, okay. Larry Stroman is one of my favorite comic artists. First thing I ever saw him on was um, X Factor with him and Peter David back in the early 90s. Larry Stroman has worked mm-hmm. on Uncanny X-Men. He's worked on X Factor, Ghost Rider, Punisher, a um, bunch of different comics. Alien mm-hmm. Legion. For those who haven't read it, Alien Legion is one of the best comics from the 70s and 80s. Uh, he worked on X-Men the early years. Excalibur and Heroes were born Iron Man. He also made the... Mm-hmm. Highest selling comic book by a black creator ever. And it's called Tribe. Mm. It only lasted nine issues before, unfortunately, before they had to stop working on it until it was canceled. Unfortunately, there was a, um, it was due to the image shakeup in 1994. But they founded the company Axis Comics to continue publication of Tribe. But unfortunately, that company closed after the ninth issue was published. And it's a very, very good independent comic. It didn't run very long. And he actually jokes about how, mm-hmm. but the funny thing is he, he's actually joked about the comic and he actually said, um, so ask me about any comic book that I worked on that isn't tribe. <laughs> I 
because the concept is really cool. Basically, it's a comic book about the adventures of predominantly African-American and minority superhero group. It's based in Brooklyn, New York. And during the run, the plot centered on their conflicts with a conglomerate of European and Japanese techno-pirates known as Europan, which had a mysterious connection to a power-crazed armor-clad villain known as Lord Deuce. Uh, the fi- the mm-hmm. final issue also featured an appearance of of the character Savage Dragon, and it even posited an alternate origin for the character. But Larry Stroman is one of those artists that I've loved since I was a kid. I never, and I never knew much about him. I just knew specifically his work. But when you read about everything that he's done, mm-hmm. and you read about the fact that he didn't come from a standard comic background, he came from a graphic design background. Mm-hmm. So if you look at any of his work. It's very angular. It's very interesting. It doesn't look like other comic book artists work. And that's why, because for him, it's, it was all about perspective and came more from the idea of design and incorporating that into comic books. So if you Google Larry mm-hmm. Stroman, you'll see what I mean. But he's just, Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, Uncanny Axman. I mean, that's, that's easy for me. Like if, if someone were, if, if I met him and he, and he said that to me in my face, I'd say, Uncanny Axman. He'd be like, all right, let's talk. So, <laughs> like that—that's—that's that's me. But, but go ahead, Ian and Dom, and like go ahead. Uh, I really like—I really like his work, and it, really the work speaks for itself. And the thing I like about Strowman is that he is—he's um, very outspoken. He'll talk about the industry. He'll talk about everything that goes into it. And the thing that I love is that he posted a story about how there's a book that he. Um, he had gotten approached to work on what was basically an outright comic book. And he refused. And he wasn't really getting mm-hmm. any work at the time. And he refused to mm-hmm. do it. And Richard Meyer, if you've heard of the channel, the Comics Matter, the guy, the the asshole comic creator who's suing Mark Wade. We say a comic creator because he makes a comic over Kickstarter. Um, and he can go fuck himself. Uh, he made a video where he thought he was defending Larry Stroman. Larry watched the video, went online, mm-hmm. and basically said, so, despite what people say and despite what they assume, I'm doing the work that I want to do, and you can defend me if you want to, but don't be this person and defend me. He said, These, this is the kind of person I don't want ever to defend me or assume that they know what I'm, what's happening in my life as a creator. And I love the fact that not only... Did he turn down? Or did he t- turn down a work that would have paid a lot for ethical for ethical reasons? But I love that he basically just said, "Yeah, you don't know what's going on in my life, and please don't defend me because you're the last person I want to defend me." And I'm like, "God damn it, Larry Stroman, you're fucking awesome." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm sorry. That's like. Ooh, tea's hot today. But yeah, this is... Tea is hot. <laughs> but yeah, Larry Stroman is one of those fantastic artists that I, I think does not get enough love, especially considering his accomplishments. And, um, mm-hmm. like, what about, what about, um, what about, what about you, Cam? What about you, Michael? What's your familiarity with his work? Oh, I, I'm, I, I... I mentioned mine already. I was said any kind of uncanny X Men. Yeah. What about you, Michael? That was that would that that would be that that would be well no. I can't say that. I'd say my family was that is that and um 
I want to say Bishop. I really do want to say that. Um, I'm trying to find like images right now um, to see if like if it's triggering something for me um, because um, specifically the one that uh, it, it, the re the reason why I say Uncanny X Men is because the um this that that any, any, anyway it's it's a particular part in the story you you know what I'm you 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 know more about him than I do so I'm not I'm not gonna un, un, unravel that part yeah. but um uh the reason why I want to look up Bishop though is because I got a certain image in my head and if it's the same image I'm thinking about I think it might be it might have been that soul glow <laughs> Bishop I'm sorry. That was it. That was that was that was that was kind of crazy. Okay, it's, cool. Expand the life um, of time. Expand so, the times in life. Li the lives and times of Lucas Bishop. Correct. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to find images for. But like, I'm trying to also talk at the same time, and the noises happen, and I'm just like, no. Um, but yeah, it's soul glow image. Anyway, Michael, can you just go? Because like, look, my thing wasn't even that deep. Like, I was just talking. I'm, I'm just like, hold up. Is that the same image in my head? Because like, if it's if it is, then my familiarity with him, um, it literally was the first image that came up when I had to create a mental image of Bishop. Um, I need to find these and buy this because the artwork this, is amazing. But like, <laughs> lifetimes, Lucas Bishop. Now, do you understand what that's a play off of, though? Um, vaguely. That that title's a play off of a Frederick Douglass. Really? Yes. That it's just is it the Frederick Frederick Douglass seminal um work. Um, the title of that because actually I read that last year. Um, because it was one of my little challenges. Um, but um, it's a very thick book. I'm not going to get too far into it, but um. Frederick Douglass's book is called The Life The Life and Times of Frederick Douglass and he just titled his The Times and Life of Lucas Bishop. So that's some that that is that is some definite like that's that, it it wasn't a mistake. Let me put it like that. Okay. So it wasn't a mistake. Um but I got the title backwards and I apologize. That is that is No, no, no. No, but but that's what I'm saying is a playoff of that though. Um, that's with references to. Nope, that is. Oh my God, I am such a terrible person. Jesus, see, I well, I know the Frederick Douglass part, <laughs> so I get points for that one. But literally, it was, it it was Larry Stroman was responsible for the image of, of Bishop, doing a soul glow, um, gif in my head. I so. I gotta say this. <laughs> <laughs> that's not like it's good artwork go go look at it people just don't don't listen to me frederick douglas black history month <laughs> him and wills portacio wow. in my opinion draw the best bishop like it's not even a thing and wills portacio created the character so when you're like up there with the person who created the character that that says something like you see that do you see that do you see that hair yeah that hair is. Oh, I know what you're talking. So about. I know what you're talking about too. You're talking about the one where he's making. Oh, where he, do you see the detail? You're talking about the one where he's making a face in the corner, right? With like the corner panel where you have like the other guys walking in, and then you see Bishop and his like 
and his um, what should I call it? Oh my, this is stupid. I'm so, like, this is look, this is bad. I shouldn't be doing this. To, I shouldn't. It's a it's a good run. So please, let's not make it a meme. I don't want to devolve it into a meme. I'm like, I'm trying to back away from it so hard because, and you're trying to make it like good, and that's awesome. But like, please don't 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 feed into this picture. Really don't. <laughs> I think I found it. <laughs> Oh no! You're gonna share it with me, aren't you? I'm gonna tell you no. Is this it? <laughs> Is that him hanging out? Is that him in the corner? Is that him in the spotlight? Losing his religion? Shut up! I hate you! I hate you! How did you? Oh no! Because that, that oh that's the deviant art one. But like oh god no no just oh my god i knew you were gonna say some bullshit like that i don't like you. i don't like <laughs> how you. have you not learned this by now how long have we been friends so so close ha. <laughs> i'm sorry so it's 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 bad it's it's terrible michael can you talk about your? You said you don't have any. Damn it! Can we what? talk? About, I don't, don't know. Like, do you have some opinions? Michael goes about... sleepy. <laughs> no, some... I was just gonna say whenever, uh, as I was looking through uh, the, the images uh, for Larry Stroman's art, it, uh, one thing that definitely sticks out to me is uh, Strong Guy uh, for X Factor. It feels like everybody. Who has ever drawn strong guy afterwards? Took from him. Always tries to draw strong guy the way that Larry Stroman drew him, because it feels wrong to see him any other way. Yep. Like when you see him, like I remember seeing you know uh, strong guy come up when I was uh, going through some of the more recent uh, X Factor stuff, and also uh, like uh, when he pops up and then things like the uh, X Men uh, World War Hulk crossover which was also amazing uh strong guy pops up and uh, every single time he he looks the way that uh, larry stroman uh drew him and uh, I, I think he's, he's kind of one of those like weird like underrated characters um but yeah every, every time I, I see him it's it's the way that he that he drew him and that's what i think of it just he's just he's just like this big loud character that just stands right the fuck out and that's that's what I think of. His artwork is Okay, so now look in the chat. Now look at the chat. I even found... See, I found it where it was glowing. So that's now... It, it's a family scene. It's... That's that so Oh, people who don't know this, if you're really just into comic books and you don't listen to... And you don't read or consume anything else, every time I'm yelling Soul Glow, it's a reference to Coming to America. It's an Eddie Murphy movie that was made in the 80s. There's going to be a sequel of people doing shit. There's a sequel to this movie. It's... I don't... Zamunda. Before, like, literally, you had Wakanda, and then you had Zamunda. And that's... Like, literally, and that's what happened at Black Panther. There are people who came to Black Panther dressed like they were from, from Zamunda. And that's what the reference is from. That's why I keep yelling Soul Glow. And that's that picture. Yeah. And and with the, you know the worst part is behind You know what the worst part is? I can't actually disagree with Dan because that one shot where he's being thrown up into the sky, he does look kind of funny. Look. 
with a little boy being thrown up into the sky. I can't. I, God damn it. I want to disagree with Dan because it's Dan. He's taking I them did. jerry curl juices. I did that with my he, nephew once. He's soaking. He's soaking in them. He's soaking in them juices. Oh, oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. Can we move on? Yes, we can. So we're gonna talk. Yeah, like, so I'm going to geek out about what. Because especially what it says underneath it, it's terrible. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to geek out over one of my other favorite comic book artists because this is the artist who on back when I was back when I was a little kid. Ow, I didn't hit my head on my microphone. Back when I was a little kid, um, I didn't understand the idea of reading order. I would just pick up comic books and be like, "This is awesome! I don't know what's happening," and I'd just read it because I was a little kid. I don't give a shit. And um, right then I started reading Wolverine by Larry Hama and Dwayne Turner. And this is the first comic where I'm like, wait, there's another issue where this follows what I'm reading right now? Because it had to be continued. And Hold on, what did you say? Cause it, uh, I'm sorry, what, would it, what did you say? Like, the the sound cut out as you well, were... Who are you Larry talking Hama about? and Dwayne Turner. Now, D- ah, thank and you. It was the first comic I had where it had to be continued. So I'm like, oh shit, so this actually continues mm-hmm. into something. And that's when I started to understand the idea of monthly comics. That was the first comic I picked up monthly. Nice. And Dwayne Turner is one of my favorite like unsung comic book artists. And he has worked on Great. Avengers. He's worked on Transformers. He worked on Power of the Atom. He worked on the 90s Luke Cage series, um, Cage. And he co-created Sovereign mm-hmm. 7 with Chris Claremont, because it seemingly all comes back to him. And he worked on Spawn. Now, you mentioned animation earlier. He's actually worked in animation and in games, and specifically in games, he worked on Tron Legacy, and he also worked on the movie, he worked on the movie Tron Legacy, Oblivion, and the Jungle, and Jungle Book, and he's worked in the Halo franchise, the God of War franchise, and Gears of War. And mm-hmm. Dwayne Turner is awesome. Like, he's very 90s, but I still like it, because I was 9, so it's awesome. And, um... I don't know how to describe his artwork. Like, I really like his comic artwork, but I don't know how I would describe it. How would, like, looking at his work, how would you describe it? It's very, uh, let's say, it's definitely got, like, uh, like, manga influences, I can see. Definitely, like, of, uh, you know, similar to, that. that's the bad thing. I just want to throw this out there. Um, because when Ian, um, we, we talk a lot about like the, the these comic book uh, artists who came up during the '90s, and unfortunately, I'm just gonna say like that was a bad time for comics in terms of uh like what it what it became because it there was like a huge like explosion, and it was great for like comic book creators to take control of their own properties, but at the same time it was it got very twisted uh very fast and that's part of what kind of like led to uh you know know, like the marvel like bankruptcy and and things kind of like bottoming out and then rebirthing with the with the turn of the millennium but uh, uh, it's just it's unfortunate that 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 because like 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 i say that's just my, my take on it but uh because that's my take on it and why that like that period of the 90s has like such a bad uh, reputation in terms of like the writing 
uh, like it, it's unfortunate that that's like the time where uh, a lot of these unsung uh, black artists and black uh, comic book creators were able to, you know, actually squeak in and and get their their shot because that that's that's a period that's like gonna be like not looked upon fondly as far as uh, as creativity because it's like there was a lot of art but the, the the focus just approaching it from a historical standpoint was more on the art than on the quality of the writing and it kind of like blew up and, and got a little too uh crazy and, and and up its own ass honestly just you know mm. with uh, with the image getting crazy and um but you know i, I can appreciate the, the the art and obviously they, they all still had a lot of uh, influences like when we talked about earlier with with static having um you know an impression mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. on everything and mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and Strowman's uh, strong guy you know basically imp- impressing on everybody else's strong guy that comes after him <laughs> but, uh, i'm just kind of I'm, I'm i don't know i'm just i'm just saying uh that that's kind of like a bad thing that, that they kind of got lost in the shuffle of the 90s bullshit and hopefully like like uh we we're talking about the, the like like we're talking about the uh, Moon Girl. When we're talking See, about, yeah. Um, out in in in, in amalgam, and where they're still finding ways, you know, of, of the, the black uh, comic book creators and uh, black comic business owners are still finding ways of still thriving, and thank God for that. But unfortunately, there 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 were so many that that got. Lost in the shuffle, like I was saying. Although, and um, yeah, and I want to, and I'd love to piggyback off of that, like it, because um, because we're just talking about like, you know, just in general, like I like, there's so many other ways, and like, and also there's um, like I don't know, like it's, it, it like, seeing where we are now, it's kind of like if. It, it's just kind of like it's there's there's you know what here yeah go you you go ahead Ian like what I have to say like I was trying to think of a good way to segue into um what I, what I was gonna uh, bring up was um a recent uh something that that's recent in um, black comic book culture um also just to throw this out there people there is a black comic con like like comic book convention that's held in Detroit. <laughs> like literally that's all it is it's about black comic creators black comic artists black comic writers black comic publishing um or like starting publishing houses like they do that in detroit and it's uh i think it started in 2016 2017 something like that um it has it had like it hasn't been many years like i think this year's there's they just had it it was like in um january um uh, so they haven't had many years of it so like but like community is coming together now but like when i look at sometimes you know anywhere between like even with every phase like 80s versus 90s versus early 2000s um even through like you know like 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 through 2010 and then from 2010 to 2020 it's you know just the, I would say the with social media that has changed the lives of black comic book artists and creators flat out 
flat out it's changed the lives of them where it used to be where stories got limited and like it basically we only had these artifacts of how you know art was being represented and characters that were rep- represented and opportunities for creators there were just these artifacts that's the best way i can i can describe it is like how much stuff gets lost you know what i'm saying and the thousands and thousands and thousands of books that go through comic book stores how much shit gets lost right and then when you pick up the thing that you see it then becomes a representation of an entire section and it's not an accurate representation because it's just like it's just the thing that you saw but now with social media internet everything else platforms and everything else you st- you're you're starting to see things form that before weren't even possible and now you're also seeing elevated collaborations between people art getting created stories being told that are in some ways really um actually that is my segue um stories that are really challenging like black um which the sequel white um got was used through kickstarter got crowdfunded there's variant covers like um ashley wood is actually did it is actually doing a variant cover for white which is the sequel to black um i cannot i can't pronounce this dude's name i like literally i want to have a whole bunch of african people just mad at me um if i try to pronounce, pronounce this dude's name do i do i dare try i think i dare try um what the fuck is his name um his name is kwanzaa because that is a series of holidays made up um his name is kwanzaa <laughs> uh last name shit Osajifo. that's what i'm gonna say i'm gonna try that once so his first name is kwanzaa if you if you search Kwanzaa black white the research the search results will be too much but put comic after it and then hopefully you'll find this um but um Kwanzaa Asajifo that's what I'm gonna try that um for that um his sequel white I mean it's supposed to be a part of a trilogy um the uh graphic novel is supposed to be a part of a trilogy and um and yet like i said like ashley woods is doing one of the variant covers for um for that so it's like the internet has created spaces for people to now create things as creators and especially even black creators and tell stories oh by the way black the premise of black for those people who don't know is what if we had a world and only black people got superpowers (laughs) <laughs> that's the entire that's the premise of the story is that only black people got superpowers yeah um that's all i'll say about that it's 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 good it's good. i'm looking at i, I like, like it. i'm looking at some of the people involved in this holy crap jamal eigel is awesome and chris cross and dennis cohen who we mentioned earlier that's freaking nuts man yeah and then the and then the story uh, and, Karen Randolph too. <laughs> and, and, and then the story <laughs> well, no, i love the concept but i'm like i'm looking at some of the names involved in this and i'm like why why haven't i why haven't i read this book because i need to read it now you should you should give me this book um i look look their kickstarter said that only limited stores are gonna have it and then they got it here um what's it called they got it in um i think it was february on the kickstarter um the they were gonna they were they're slotted to get it like there are people who got it early like first backers got it back in october um the sequel which was white oh oh you want black yeah 
That's what you want. Okay, I thought you were, I thought you were talking about white. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, why is it? I don't even know if it's there. I gotta, I have to. I was supposed to call Malcolm this month and like ask him, like, do you have any copies left of White? Can you hold it until April until I get there? <laughs> like, because I just, you know, that would be awesome. Because I, I, I don't see why, I don't see why. Um, then you, then you purchase it in person. I told you, I am very broke. I'm bringing you back a shot glass. You found it on your own. Good for the internet. Yep. Um, but like, um, but yeah. So back to like, like the whole thing. It's just like I, I don't know. Sometimes I look when I do when I look back. Um, and that's why I I kind of was at the opening of the show. I thought it was so important for me to kind of start there a little bit. It was with the book I was I, I mentioned about black comics. Um, it that's a part of that entire narrative because that book ends um this like it was published in tw- uh, 2016 i believe so they it ends with kind of talking about where they saw the story going and since then like it's things are just continuing to go if that makes any sense whatsoever like um i don't even know if Wakanda Khan is I, I don't I don't know if it's mentioned in the book. I really don't. I've I only personally read like certain chapters, so that's because I mean it's only really all I had time for so far. Um, do look forward to reading the whole book, but like um, Wakanda Khan, I think the first one was in 2016. No, it couldn't have been because the movie came out in 2018. So yeah, that, that, dude, admit it missed that. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying, yeah. so it's just kind of like, so I'm sorry, I was like, no, it couldn't have possibly been. So that's what I'm saying, like, what the internet and the trajectory of representation in comic books as a sphere, it kind of was like a star growing, you know, like it's kind of hard to explain it in simple physics, you know, um, you know, you need a third axis. You need a Z axis from our real hardcore science nerds and math nerds out there. That's what I'm. This is what I'm talking about. It's really hard to talk about because a lot of times we sim- oversimplify things. We say A plus B equals C, and it's like shit works three dimensionally, man. That doesn't, you, you know, on what axis are you talking about? <laughs> like, you know, because maybe A plus maybe A, B, and C don't ever see each other because they're on three different axes. And you want to talk about having bipolar political opinions. So, like, you know, sometimes you've got three opinions and three separate entities existing on three different axes. But because we live in a three-dimensional space and we're three-dimensional beings, they can interact. And when you look at that from a sociocultural st- standpoint, especially within comics, like, it is with from technology, with the ability to create, to having platforms like web comics, we haven't even talked about that. I actually, I don't, I, 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 do I know anyone? I think I, I think there are people that are in part of my friends group that actually have their own web comics that are so like that's what I'm saying. The platform and the conversation has just gotten to a different space. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's almost like talk, thinking about Afrofuturism. It's just like I don't know how to talk about it. You know what I'm the, saying? The thing I like though is that, like, especially in the last couple of years, there's so much opportunity to do that and basically be like, "I'm going to put this comic. I'm going to make this comic. Here's a comic I'm going to make." And they didn't really have this, you know, like we were saying about tw- t- like 20 years ago. And it really has changed. Mm-hmm. It's changed the game. It really has. And even comic creators 
who may have been like I sadly forgotten from 20 years ago are also able to use this and put out work and put themselves back out there in a way where they can be recognized for those accomplishments where they may not have before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just me and I'm a dummy. Yeah. No. I mean, like like I said, no, this is a B-side. No, 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 I, I know. Like I know, podcast, I know, I know, you know, it doesn't mean we ain't artists. We still artists. No, I know I'm a dummy. I was, I was. No. Okay. Michael, say something. What's that? <laughs> What's that? You're just. Anyway. No. Um, no. Um, well, I was going to say. I, I, I kind of want to. I don't actually tangible. believe I'm a dummy. So. I'm just being silly. Of course, of course. Um, it's like, it's Any particular things that, things were that you wanted to bring up? Um, well, I, I, uh, I'm trying to be like, uh, one of the things that, um, I started to do a little bit more uh, recently is I started to, um, try to get, uh, more, uh, involved, not necessarily involved, but like immerse myself more in like, um, um, like, uh, black, uh, culture, black music. And one of the things that, uh, I, I started to get into more over the last year or so is uh, is listening to Wu Tang, and so when you talk about blurred culture, uh, especially coming up through like the 80s and the 90s, uh, it's it's really interesting because uh, I, I didn't realize before that there was uh, that uh, there are so many like references to like the X Men, Spider Man, and comic books and and uh, and the Wu Tang songs. And, uh, and as I was explaining that uh, the other day, actually, to, to one of my coworkers, and we we're talking about um, blurred culture, and we're, we're also talking about before, like taking it back to the very beginning, uh, about um, uh, about uh, Matt Baker, uh, talking about um, like blurs, and also talking about uh, you know uh, black guys who who happen to be uh, gay or nerds or just general you know um, kind of traditional outcasts and there i actually was talking about it with, with one of my coworkers, and when, when i was talking explaining blurred uh, blurred con and everything like that and he was like what's what's blurred and um yeah i was, I was you know i was kind of like uh i had a i had a i had a blurred next to me but he was like go ahead and tell him <laughs> and uh, i was like essentially <laughs> essentially it's That's just being black nerd and he's like, wait a minute. So like, why why is that even a thing? Why is that a thing? Why is that a, a term? And so I was kind of ex- explaining okay. to him, and it goes back to talking about uh, Matt Baker, just um, why that photographer, a Facebook friend of mine, felt the need to even say, I don't want to hear um, any of my friends, especially any of my black friends, saying anything bad about Matt Baker. And the the reason why I had to like kind of lay is that um, when it comes to like blurred culture and um, uh, like I said the the um, traditional you know like uh, uh, outcasts of, of society like there there's unfortunately that that aspect of it where um, uh, getting back to also what we were talking about uh, when you uh, Cam, what you were talking about with with Ian when it came to um, uh, milestone working with DC and the whole uh, just the very uh, this this sense that uh, uh, you don't want to do anything because 
because black men have it so hard already that you don't want to do anything that puts out any sort of perception that might compromise us. And unfortunately, you know, you know, we, we've seen all of these characters come up through like Spider-Man and we see, you know, uh, Daniel son from Karate Kid and you see all these traditional character, uh, these characters who are like these icons who are just nerds. Like they're just nerds or just geeky. And that's all there is about them that makes them kind of these outcasts. Whereas you think about it and you add that extra component to it. Like what if they were black or what if they were gay or what if they were both and how much more difficult would that be for them to have, you know, succeeded and then, you know, taken control of their own power uh, in a way that these these characters like, uh, you know, like like Daniel Sun did and like Peter Parker did. Um, and so I was kind of laying that out to him and saying, you know, Mind that's, that's yep. yeah, that's unfortunately <laughs> a thing where you you have uh, the, the, the kind of like that thinking that you were getting into uh, uh, that there's this 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 unfortunately there's like this perception that you can't be be that way because that's going to take something away from us and what we mean and so that's why there's that like that counter culture to it where it's like you know what I'm gonna own this I'm gonna own what I am I'm gonna own the fact that I'm a blurred I'm gonna own the fact that I'm gay um and because, you know, that's just the way that that I am and you can't take that away from me. So I was just kind of laying that out for him. And that just reminded me of that whole conversation. So what did the blurs say after you after you said all of that? The, he was just letting me do my thing. <laughs> ah. He was just, just kind of like uh it's just kind of like that, just, man. I would like literally. I'd be that meme where that black dude pulls up a chair and starts eating popcorn. I would done that as soon as you was gonna be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain what a blurt is. I would have just pulled up and let you. I would watch you to see what, see what you wound up saying. So like, I, I was just curious about what his response was. But I mean, for the most part, like that's a very good aspect to speak on towards the, what that is. Um. My experience as a blurred, I mean, like literally that is my tag currently on Twitch. I'm going to change that to came apparently because I just want to be consistent across all platforms. But like, um, but on Twitter though, my at is your blurred girl. So, and that's been that way since I've ever, since I've always been on Twitter. So, um, um, I didn't start becoming more active until like the last year I'm on Twitter. I've had it since 2017. The uh, Well, the pin post I have is 2017. So um, I don't know when I started my Twitter, but anyway, but that's my handle is your blurred girl. Um, so, um, but it's came apparently that's my Twitter. Um, so it being a blurred to me and not speaking for all blurreds and everything that you said fully valid, right? Um, to add to that, it was, being both, I am just as much, I am just as black as I am a nerd. And I am the, literally, this is what the beauty of this name of her shop is. The beauty of her, um, the beauty of her name, Amalgam, it's not just Amalgam has its own representation within comic book culture, right? 
I am the amalgamation of blackness and nerdiness. I am a blurred. Like that I am very much both. You are not separating either one of them. They have both informed each other. I am the, I'm and that's the thing is that too often in nerd culture itself, geek culture, nerd culture, whatever you want to call it, too often in this culture, you're kind of influenced to try to pick one over the other. Like, you know, oh, I just happen to be a nerd. I'm still black. I just happen to be a nerd and that's okay. And that's its own thing. You know, um, there are people who choose to be more of a nerd than black. Like, and that's their thing. They just like, I happen to be black, but I'm a nerd first. Um, for me, blurred is saying I'm as, I am both as fuck. <laughs> like, you you know what you're getting. I'm going to be just as black as I am nerdy. Like, there's, you're never going to get a break from that. So it's, um now, some people might not feel that strongly about it, but it's like, I, I guess you could say some people like get pro black, you know, I'm for, I'm for black everything in here. There are people who are per, pro blurred and that's how they live their life. They just like, if they buy a comic is a black comic. If they buy something nerdy is from, it's from, a you know, it's a black YouTuber, a black nerd YouTuber, which was out there like, uh, like fuck, um, talk about comics influencing people, dude, are we just going to skip over Dragon Ball? Like, we're we just going to do that. Just, like, you, just, you just would love an excuse to talk about Broly. No, this is not an excuse to talk about Broly at all. This is like it, it's just not to say that Broly didn't have jet gains. Like that's just that's that's not the big thing with black culture. It's the fact that like it it is a comic book. It, you know, manga anyway turns into an anime. Turns into you know, like I mean. It, like literally, find me a find me a Batman fan that is over the age of forty five. That's under the age of forty five. Yeah, find me a Batman fan under the age of forty five that did not love the animated series. Find me. They don't. They don't, ex- so they don't exist. I, I I want. To- Thank you. So to say that animated mediums don't count towards people's like start to love towards comics. Same thing happens with anime and manga, and especially when it comes to Dragon Ball and things that, that are uniting things. Um, but that has created whole cultures. That's, I mean, you got RDC World, you got King Vader. Fuck, everybody knows who King Vader is. You know what I'm saying? And it's creating these new, becoming these content creators of these new mediums, but being informed by their nerd culture, you know, and in a sense, comic culture. It's just not American comics. It's specifically Japanese comics and that culture that starts to affect them and really get into it. So blurred culture now in the 2020, you got comic nerds like Rob doing Comics Explained. You got people like King Vader doing anime. You had the same breakups as you had in a comic book shop. But what we're starting to see now in black culture is that we're not the only ones anymore before it was like, I was a blurred and you became like, you had, like, if you were, if you were a black girl, like seriously, find me a black girl over the age of 30 who has never cosplayed storm. I think it's going to be up there with the, uh, with the Batman fans. Like, like I'm serious. Like, like, like find me a, like find me a black girl who cosplays, you know what I'm saying? Over the age of 30, who has never done Storm or did not think about doing Storm. Like, like, because that, that was a thing. But I can tell you, I can find a shit ton of, of black cosplayers that are under the age of 30 that have 
found so many different ways to express themselves through cosplay. They've been Starfire. They've been, you know, they've been all over the place. You know what I'm saying? So that sense of I'm the only one and I have to just be this. And so either my blackness or my nerdness comes first. That's a huge part of comic book culture, especially in those fucking stores. Like there's a sense of you want to talk about racism racism in comics sometimes it came down to just getting going into the fucking store itself and being treated like a normal ass person to say no i'm a nerd and having to do that gatekeeping and like seeing it happen you know i've seen it happen to black dudes i've had it happen to myself and that, that i have the crossover of being a woman and black but like i've seen it happen that, to black that happened too. to my friend anna so, she literally just there was a store that she went to and she immediately got that basically as soon as she came in and then she never shopped at that store again and she was just done like she found other stores because yeah and so but yeah go ahead i was gonna say she found other stores thankfully but she said based off that first experience she was about ready to give up on comics entirely sad thing is where she was in that town they're the only comic store in town so for her like she basically just didn't go there at all and that's it. And, and that's what I'm saying. So that's 2020. We're in 2020, people. 2020. 2020. Stop. Let, let's stop doing this. Let's allow people to be blurred and understanding that that is a thing. Just because you, like, just as you can accept. Well, actually, no, I, I don't want to say this because there are, I've met quite a few comic book guys who do not like the fact that they have to carry manga sections. They really don't like that part. Um, But. If you have a manga section in your store and it does not bother you, um, if the store that you go to has a manga section, if the store that you go to has a Funko Pop section or it's just lining the walls, you can be okay now with the fact that the other humans of different colors are going to come into your store. Like, you're – like. You don't have an excuse anymore. You can can change. It's not just the purest – this culture isn't just for white men. It's so weird. Like it's just it's just so weird that 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 occurs, but the issue was is that and this is what, what I see from sociologically speaking, it's it, we spent so long with that being the identity. You know, and it's not like it you didn't have to think about the fact that there were black people in the store cuz you just really didn't see them. But then now that you're seeing them, it starts to have you question what you think about that, you know? So I, I, I don't think it's like it, the racism to me is sometimes it's just that, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think it's always intentionally harmful. So that's why I say to people that are listening and still listening, like two and a, two hours into this shit, you still listen to this. I will say you're probably not that racist. If you have any questions about it, you've listened this far, you're probably not that racist. Um, you might not even be racist, and that'd be great. Um, but let's just go to the extreme. Since you're probably not racist, um, tell a friend. Just tell a friend. Just tell a friend it's okay. You know, blurs are blurs are a thing. They 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 might like some. The same stuff you do, they might like something real different stuff, and you might come across a comic light black, and then you see white. <laughs> you know, shit. Like you know, there's it, 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 it's gonna happen. It's just, it's just gonna happen, and and it's it like it. Um, 
but I, I can't I can't get away from like what Michael is trying to say, though, in terms of that. We still got places to go because it's like, you know, when it starts off with Matt Baker, it's uh, it, that sets a high bar because like that's kind of where you want the goal to be. You want someone like Matt Baker to be able to create content and be just as successful as everyone else. And these it's the, the footnote is his sexuality. Or his race only because he decided to make a story about it yep. and focus on that story. You know what I'm saying? But if it's not a part of the shit that's on the page, then like, you know, and, but other people want to be happy about it. Let them be happy about it. Damn. Like, like, I, I don't know. Like, let's let them be happy about it. I don't know what's wrong with that. Like if, if I'm happy that it's a black person is doing something, let me be happy about it. Shit. Why does it hurt hurt you? <laughs> I'm not gonna be less happy for white people. I promise you. I've been very happy by I, I loved I loved Avengers. So like I can see white people all day. You know what I'm saying? I'm good. Like it's like it's not a bad like there's nothing wrong with white people like that I find. No, don't quote me on that to anybody. That's a terrible thing to say in 2020. And that's that's, that's just such a bad that's such a terrible thing that you have to say that. But it's like, like it's but that's the you know what I mean though, right? It's just the whole thing I do. where I do. But that's the thing where, is like it's kind of like if you don't say it, people think that you are saying it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And it's like we're we're gonna we, we already saw that like uh like uh, we we have the uh I'm so glad because uh. The, they moved up the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier show on Disney Plus, but then uh, they mentioned something about them uh, casting Isaiah Bradley, and then people were like, "Oh, oh, the Black Captain America is going to be in it. Uh, why they got to do that?" And it's like you got to. That, that's that force. It's that sense of forced diversity. Yeah. And it's like no. Man. And it's, it's like just... wait a minute, what? Like you are mad be- or, or like when you see when you're talking about like uh comic books like black or you're talking about or we're talking about milestone we're talking about these uh predominantly poc uh like uh properties and then people have to be like why did they have to be that way and it's like we people because who are it's POC a on yeah see so much without representation and we don't even complain about it like i love the shit out of lord of the rings but there's like not a single color person in there i i'm so dude, i've got to say one no. i've got to say one Westworld thing has all the white people in it westworld has all the white people it has the alabaster princess herself evan rachel wood she's that like, dude that bitch is beautiful Oh my God! And she's she's an alabaster princess. All white people, the the the, the people of color are in it. They have one they have one Japan episode where the whole thing is set in Japan, and then and it. But that one's actually done really really well though. Um, but anyway, but like the one just in Japan Newton, and the and Jeffrey Wright and Tessa Thompson <laughs> and Jeffrey Wright and Tessa Thompson too. Uh, all right. So do we know about colorism in Hollywood? Do we have to go there? I love Tessa <laughs> and I love Tandy Newton, but. That's a whole nother thing, too. So it's just like, like, the, the thing about it is, like, I know how to love shit with just white people in it. Yeah. I know how to do that. I have no problems with it. Like, and my thing is this, is like, to. you're cool. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're cool with Superman landing in Russia, but you had a problem with Captain America's black? Yeah. 
I, I I'm gonna say like, there, there are the, I, like, there are so many people who look like me in comic books that we could take a break. We could have other people from. That's why it's important. I mean, I have all the representation. We need to give the representation out there. We need to diversify this representation so not every character just looks like me. And see, this is, and this is where I was coming back to the whole comic book thing, okay? So remember I was telling you before, I don't think it's intentional. It's just because they've never had to think of it this way. It's like this. People of color, we've always had to, when it comes to relating to people and loving stories, we've had to ignore the fact that these people don't look like us. Like, like, and I don't mean like they just don't, don't look like this. I'm like, they couldn't even play our brother on a television show without me having to experience, like, you know, explain adoption at some point. Um, that's actually a movie that was recently made with Paul Rudd and like, I can't remember the name of the, the, the black guy in it because he always plays a dick and I don't like his characters. Um, he's typecast a lot, but like, I just don't like the characters. He, he, I mean, I, I don't, um, he's, this, uh, he was the guy, the black guy that was in, um, 40 year old version. Um, Craig Robinson? Oh. No, not Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson's awesome. No. Uh, I believe I believe the guy that you're talking about is the guy who is also in, in Weeds now. Might be. No, no, he no, he's a he's a bald black guy. He's kind of yeah. muscular. What's the movie called? Yeah, yeah. He was in he was in forty year old version. He was the guy that worked with um, Yeah, I know exactly yeah, so I'm here who talking about you're now. talking about. I'm just tracking that. By the by the way, I did okay. I did Age Kennedy. No 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 sorry no no. Sorry, that was a scale down. I, I did want to backtrack on one thing in... real quick. It is kind of sad when you like you bring up a good point about Westworld. The fact that I think we named the three black actors on the show out of how many actors. That that does that does make your point right there real easily. It's like we named the three. Here, I'm pulling them up right now. Boom. This is it, right? Uh, let me see. I'm not... Uh, Waiting for this to load. Yeah! Romani Malco. All right, that's his name. Yeah, so his name is Romani Malco. That 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 cat, also right? Also a night school terrible movie. Sorry, but it was. So anyway, so as I'm saying, I'm like I'm not talking about. Oh no, 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 no. So so basically, like you know, I'm not talking about having to, you know, relate to someone who looks different to me, that like could play my brother in a movie without a lot of exposition like that that rami malco was paul rudd's brother in this movie that was this little little known fucking movie like it's a little fucking independent film it was on it's on hulu um just look at paul rudd or whatever um but he was in the movie with paul rudd and i, and I watched it and they they were playing brothers um but they uh they yet yeah, they went to a french mansion or some shit like that and um Chateau. Chateau, that's the name of the movie thank you um, so they went to this French mansion and they inherited it. And Paul Rudd's like, this is my brother. This is my brother. This is my brother. And they're like, yeah, I'm adopted. So that's what I'm saying. There are stories that black people, people of color, have been able to easily relate to without having to make a, a with, with, like, with, like, you know, making that cognitive jump to being like, you know what? I relate to Gladriel because, you know, I, 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 I want to sit there and be. In a, in a forest by myself being like, you know, top bitch, that'd be nice because I'm alone and no one's messing with me and everybody fears me. 
So like, and I look uh, nothing like Twilda sister, Twilda sister, uh, Tilda Swinson. Like, don't look nothing like that chick. Nothing. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? That's Kate Blanchett. That's Kate Blanchett. Yeah. I'm sorry. What like? All right, this woman with angular <laughs> features. How about that? Thanks, Kate Blanchett. I like Kate Blanchett too. She played a really crazy chick in some movie. Like uh, that was a good movie. That was Kate Blanchett. I know Kate Blanchett, but no. Oh, I like Tilda Swinton. Tell me you're not like, talking I, about Where'd You Go, Bernadette. I don't know. It was some weird. I I like weird movies, but but back onto this whole thing. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I can like. I mean, I may not remember all the movies and names of the movies, and sometimes I mix up white people and that, like whatever. <laughs> y'all, y'all, not so racist people, or maybe not as racist as you think, right? By, by white people, y'all mix us up too. Like literally, he just thought Craig Robinson was this other no, guy. No, I just didn't I don't talk about because they're both movies. So, like, they're both in a lot of the same movies. So I didn't know who that, the other person was. They are the black guy. They are the comedic black guy in the movie. Yeah, pretty, yeah, That's pretty what much. You see what I'm saying? Like, they, they are that person. You know what I'm saying? So if it's not one person in there, it's the other person. And it's like, it's it's the token thing. Yeah, and, but like, get, getting back and, to like what you're saying about like the, the representation thing and like people taking it the wrong way. I One thing that definitely reminded me of when you're going, when you're t- talking about, do you remember the shitstorm when they had michael b jordan play the human torch and he, oh, and he was yeah and the funny thing is it was a terrible movie but he was yeah. the best part of it speaking of adoption and all that having to like explain that and, and so like and like and, but i mean but you know fant- all, every fantastic four movie fucking sucks that's what like that's just that's like they just need time that's for people because i'm i'm pick the right director like why like they only know how to make like half a good Fantastic Four movie. That's what they all are. It, like, they it's all have curse. like half. They're half good. You know what the best one is? It's a part two because nothing happens. It was so bad people forgot. What? I was gonna say the the best five is part Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer because that movie literally had two acts. It was the most boring movie ever. It's like we're gonna hang out in the woods for like thirty minutes, so, and then we're gonna hang out in a big gray tunnel. Because fuck it, the teaser was cool. So I, you know, this, this this goes back to my actual point, my other point, okay? Silver Surfer, okay? This was Silver Surfer. He's silver. If you can relate to Doctor Manhattan, and he's blue, but you are only able to relate to him because you think he used to be a white guy. Like, th- does that make sense? Like, it- it's that kind of thing. So I think it's it's that it's back to that comic book thing I was saying that it's something that people of certain demographics, and I hate to say it like that, and it's not all people because there's definitely like a lot of white people who love international films, black films, all kinds of stuff, and so they have no problem relating to characters that don't look nothing anything like them. Um, and it's not even just about representation. I'm talking about like the anger about it, the purity of it, of saying like, oh, this person can't play this and everything else, specifically to comics or even changing characters around. Like it's yeah, the yeah, thing about yeah. it is, is that, yeah, you know, like it's just like we like it to me. It's just kind of like they haven't had to do it. People of color have to do it. That's our tax. 
And I hate to say it like that, but that is our tax. We have to cater to that. We are supposed to, you know, open our mind and be able to relate to these people, but they've never had to. And so now that they have to, they feel like, like, like you said, it, it's unfortunately just mildly it's pretty... inconvenienced. And because of that, it turns into this big shit storm. Um, but like it's, but they never had to deal with it before, yeah. and that, and to me, that, that's, and that to me is that that's where my empathy comes in a little bit, um, is to say that you've not had to deal with this before, and this might bring up issues that you don't, you might not necessarily like. You know what I'm saying? You might actually have thoughts, and you might need to work on them. You may not to be, you may need to be less racist. Maybe you do. Maybe you need to have a black friend, or five. Or maybe read a black comic by a black person. You know, just be uncomfortable for a second and deal internally with the things that you need to deal with versus being mad that they're there So, because you got to deal with it. And it's not to say everybody's racist, but it's just like me. Think about why this makes you uncomfortable. I can I can say for a good degree of um, why they feel that way, because there's a lot there's a huge mixture of self-centered racists. And so they don't want to put themselves they don't want to be able to relate to somebody else. Because the idea of it makes them uncomfortable. Because like you said, they have to look in on themselves. And these are the same kind of people who say, I'm not racist, but blah, blah, blah. And it's that same exact mentality as the same exact people. And it's like, if you're not racist, then relate to it. Go you probably it. don't have to explain why you're exactly. not racist. And that's and yeah. that's why, and what's really insidious. And that's that's really what it comes down to. And I've been yelled at about just the shit that I yeah, said before, like, but I, I just don't give them a buy relief. And it's really being self centered and being and, racist. Yeah. Well, and then the thing about it is this too. Like, what makes it really insidious about this is that sometimes those feelings get validated by other people of color, and then that creates infighting amongst people of color who are trying to access these spaces because people of color get really defensive because they start to themselves, they, they all make those same fucking arguments. Like, like, you know, um, like it, it's sad to me. It's really, really sad. Like star. The reason why I'm bringing up, I'm saying Starfire is because it like that. I've seen some really nasty shit happen and was said around Starfire, um, not just in terms of uh, the television property, but just with cosplayers in general before the tennis, the, the property ever came out. Um, like she you know, is orange. You guys know that, right? It, but the thing about it is that I I saw comic book you know nerds, lovers, enthusiasts from all backgrounds get really really nasty about this shit and it came from this purest space and that's what i feel like i think that with the comics community we really need to think about that just for like going into the future i like, i think it'll phase out eventually just because it's like it's it's going to be really hard to continue to argue that especially because it doesn't make rational sense to be that fucking purist when you're talking about an orange when you're talking about an orange alien Exactly. Also, also you that show is awesome, and more people should watch it. Doesn't it. logically, it doesn't track that black women can't play an orange alien when you would be more, when you're more comfortable when it's a white woman. 
It's an orange alien. Also, it's an orange alien. Also, people, it's like, uh, like, the dude who you are saying, just, just, it, it's weird because we got, like, the, it's weird. We got the same kind of fans who will say that, that you know, uh, like, like, that can't happen. Uh, seem to be the same type of people who would say that uh, Henry Cavill is like the best Superman ever. Uh, the, the guy who's supposed to stand for truth, justice, justice in an American way, he's British. Facts. Hugh Jackman plays like, plays the <laughs> Canadian, you know, ultra badass. He's from Australia. Well, yeah, but so he was so in the and 80s, he's like six feet the tall. 80s cartoon too. And Batman is that also is played by a British dude, you know, Christian Bale. Anyway, that was my Batman. But like Kevin all Conley. of this shit, Sorry, all Kevin of this Conley. shit, you, you, the, the, those people, it doesn't, it doesn't phase them. But then as soon as it crosses over a little bit, like then that's the bridge too fucking far. You know, and even Kevin Conroy. Let's talk about that. Don't look. He could never look like Bruce Wayne ever. He could never look like Bruce Wayne. He will never. He could never in his career have played Bruce Wayne convincingly unless you did some like Michael Keaton type bullshit. And he's in a great film actor, which I don't think Kevin Conroy is. But my Batman is Kevin Conroy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My my Batman is Kevin Conroy because it's a voice. So if you can make all those cognitive leaps, please just investigate why you really have a problem. And maybe work on that when someone just happens to be black or Hispanic or Muslim or something else like that. You can make all these rest of these cognitive leaps about how people look. Cause like, that, that's another thing too. Um, you see some really not talking about like just other kinds of, you know, people of color who also, some of them are black, but just people of color. Um, uh, and also just mixed faith too, because because she was bringing up the fact that um, Matt Baker was gay. Um, not to say being gay is a faith. I'm just talking about just intersectionality of like things that you know seem as barriers to being accessing comic culture. When you see cosplayers in hijabs, oh goodness gracious! Like there was a cosplayer who she was um, she was in a hijab and she did uh, she did Captain America in a in a hijab. I saw that one. That was really cool. Um, yeah. So, thank you. And that's the response. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Because she did a really good job. Like, just like, like it's an interpretation. That's all it is. If you can, as a comic book fan, if you can make these jumps from like, like if you can, if you can make different jumps in art style for the same fucking character, you know, like, like it, you know. Like, I hate to say it, like, dude, like, Wonder Woman of the 70s is not Wonder Woman of the 80s, which is not Wonder Woman of the 90s. It's not Wonder Woman of today. Like, you know what I'm saying? You make all of those cognitive leaves. Those, literally, those are fucking almost five different women Like that, that look different. <laughs> like, actually, they look very different from each other, you know, outside of they're white and have dark hair. Oh, <laughs> like, that. You remember that lovely period where they decided that she was getting too strong, and they're like, "Oh, she needs to be the secretary." Like, I mean, well, I mean, dude, like, I mean, make all these kind of leaps, even narratively, but I'm just talking about just looks. 
you know, like you got like all kind. You you're able to make all these cognitive leaks. Just maybe think about it for a second. Why it bothers you, and work on that. Literally, you've made it this far in the podcast. Work on it. You you have hope. I have hope for you. You heard this part. I have a lot of hope for you. Like that's that's some commitment. Unless you're just sitting there being pissed, because that happens on the internet too. Yeah, we are on the platform <laughs> now, so uh, yeah, yeah, like, a lot more people. There could be people who literally listen to this for like two hours and like work, write an entire like manifesto about why I need to die. So <laughs> it's okay, it's fine, it's, it's fine. Okay, we're ready. We're we we've been around. We're ready for this. Here's year. a Reddit somewhere for it. I I I, I you know I'll 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 look at the the creative ways yeah. in which I've I, I've I've been killed. So, but uh, Jay and Silent Bob strike back. There's just like a whole comment section right now I, about why we're I just, dude. Isn't that coming? Dude, sequels. I just, Jesus I just go on there. I just look online. Why Ian McIntosh needs to go to hell? It's like, god damn it, not again. <laughs> I'm sorry, my brain is starting. I'm, Jokes yeah. on you. I was supernatural, and I've already been to hell twice. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Sorry, my my brain is kind of falling on my head, guys. I'm sorry, I'm getting tired. It's one in the morning. No, we did. I think we've done. I think we've done a good job. I think you have enough stuff to yeah. be able to work with. I think those people who made it, however far into this, you're listening. That's amazing. Thank you. We've talked a lot about a lot of stuff and have a lot more left for next year. So, great. Yeah. Yeah, we just like. After all that, we still barely even scratched the surface, honestly. Oh, speaking of that, uh, you said because you mentioned that, uh, Michael, platform stuff to plug. Anything else like like closing crap? Where can people find you? Want want to see you? Follow you? Oh, um, so I, I have a blog, uh, phoenixpoet.blog. Uh, also, uh, four ducks pilot a man suit on Instagram, and I accidentally created a Facebook page. So that's a thing. Um, we're hoping to get uh, a little bit more involved in Instagram, and um, hopefully we can launch our own uh, Circuit 42 Instagram, where you will find lots of uh, memes and, uh, you know. We are on Spotify, iTunes. and we are officially now on iHeartRadio. <gasps> yeah, I saw that. Oh, we're part of the iHeartRadio network, yay! Yeah. All right, so look at that upgrades, upgrade, dude. But I can't. I I, I like B side podcasts. That makes me feel happy because it's like you get the extra shit. So um, what's it called? So there we go. So we're on iTunes. We are on Spotify and and a part of the iHeartRadio network. Um, with that, um. No, I'm not on all platforms. I'm sorry. I'm not on Instagram because I'm not that interesting to look at. Um, but if you want to argue with me, follow me on Twitter. I am Kim Apparently at Your Blurred Girl. I am Your Blurred Girl on Twitch um, and uh, Kim Apparently on Facebook. That's what that is. At least for now. I'm not very creative. I am Ian McIntosh on Instagram and I am Ian McIntosh on Facebook. And my Twitter page is borderline non-existent so there you go also you can find us all at circuit 42 on facebook good night everybody good night everyone all right good day asynchronous